Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the best Star Wars podcast in the whole world, Jedi Eternal. This is episode 86. I am one of your co-hosts, Braxton Taylor, alongside Andrew the Hoarder Bowen. <laughs> I walk in, Jeez. every square inch of the studio is covered in stuff today. He says it's part of the job. I don't know. <laughs> hey, it, listen, part of the job. I'm setting up a bunch of laptops for my work. Oh, okay? uh, likely excuse. So I got a lot of boxes. I heard no. that there was a local robbery of <laughs> all the laptops. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, what? Okay. No, I love how I love how the beginning of of um, our podcast, like as the intro is playing, we both sit here and like try not to move or say anything. Just it's like, like dead silence. It's like the quietest we've been <laughs> all day. Is don't in that move. Moment. Don't blink. Don't even breathe. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's an interesting uh, uh, juxtaposition to what we usually are doing. And yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, we're uh, glad to be back in the studio. Unfortunately, we had uh, like a billion things come up at the last second. Well, some of us planned, some of it was last second last week for both of us, and we just could not get together. Um, so we do apologize about that, but we are glad to be back, and um, yes, we're going to be able to cover both episodes that we, there's the previous one and this new one, yes. uh, episode of Andor, that's going to be our main topic. Um, but before we get into our regularly scheduled stuff here, uh, as we do every episode, um, we do want to push our Patreon. So uh, just a very quick spiel here, because 99.9% of you listening probably already know this, but we have a and Patreon. why haven't you already subscribed? Yeah, if you ha- if you already know this, why haven't you subscribed? Um, but for real though, uh, we have a Patreon, and there's a single tier right now for only $5 a month, and in that single $5 tier, you get several different things. Uh, so if you are someone who really enjoys this podcast, of course, that would be just one reason alone to subscribe, but if you like hearing our stuff and want to get it as soon as possible, uh, you get early access to everything that we post, um, to whether that be our podcast episodes or let's play episodes uh any anything that we push out you're going to have uh, exclusive access to that first before anybody else will secondarily we do and it's kind of a bigger thing here uh, that is you get access to our patreon exclusive podcast called and other stuff where you guys get to listen to a, a podcast by yourself you you know nobody else can listen to this except for those who are subscribed to our patreon we have a lot of fun with them we do so. have a lot of fun we talk about basically anything and everything other than Star Wars. Sometimes Star Wars comes in because it is a part of our lives, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it is basically every other thing other than Star Wars that we try to talk about. So our own interests and hobbies, uh, things that are coming out, such as games, uh, movies, and TV shows, whatever we want to talk about. Some some would say we go straight up ham in those episodes. Ham (laughs) bone. Ham brony, exactly. Uh, it gets a little wild, a little, a little wacky. wacky and wild up in there. Um, and it the... is, it is a fun time. And uh, so, if you want to have a more just kind of like laid back, just fun conversational type, sometimes it, it is a little like uh, discussion between me and Drew. It gets a little deep depending on what we're talking about. But <laughs> yeah. but, but it is fun though. Like Assassin's Creed. Yeah. So it was supposed to be like a side topic that I individually brought, and we ended up being like. Probably three like, quarters of the episode. I think it was at least 45 minutes worth of Assassin's <laughs> so Creed. So much. if you like Assassin's Creed... Yeah, you would have loved the last episode. You would have loved the last episode. But we do have eight or nine episodes on there right now. So that is each at least an hour of content. So there's plenty of for and you to... If and you, if you subscribe now, of course, you have access to a, what I believe is eight episodes. But... Mm-hmm. 
um, the October episode has not been posted yet. So yes. stick around if you go ahead and subscribe now. You'll yes. be getting a brand new episode this month here, oh, probably yeah. in the next couple weeks. So. Exactly. So the last thing we will say is part of our uh, $5 tier, you will become a patron, of course, but you also become a what we like to call a producer of Jedi Eternal and and other stuff um and those for those two shows you get to have direct say in what we do uh how we operate if you have suggestions or things that you would like to change you know you our ears will be tuned to you guys first and foremost because you are our producers but last but not least one thing we do like to do is that we'd like to shout out each of our producers slash patrons each and every episode that we do so drew who is our patrons yes our patrons this month are jb josh and birkinshaw Tara Bolin, Grayson David Gill, Alex Mason, Jay Camdar, Jenna Evans, and Promise Quick. There you go. Wow. I had to do that in, in a new voice. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure they appreciate did that. You, yeah, I think I think I they like did. That. Did you like, appreciate it? I did. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I was kind of mixing it up a little little announcery. I like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and uh. Yeah, so thanks to each and every one of you who are our patron and producers. Uh, it really does mean a lot, and it does help us, you know, to do some stuff. We have been able to buy some new gaming stuff for our Let's Play episodes and yeah. uh, just different things like that. It helps us cover some subscriptions that we have to pay for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it doesn't ca- cover all of it, but it no. does help. It <laughs> no, definitely it does not. not cover all of it, <laughs> but it definitely does help, and we appreciate every every <laughs> yes. single uh, subscription. So Yes, very so, much. Let us not belabor that. Uh, Enough of the dilly-dally. No dilly-dally. Enough dilly-dallying, you scallywag. Um, (laughs) Let us get straight into... No (laughs) dilly-dallying unless it's a dilly bar. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get straight into what they came here for. And that is all things Star Wars. So we'll go ahead and get into our news this week. And that is Star Wars Tales of the Jedi reveals its poster three weeks ahead of its release date. So, uh, you know, Tales of the Jedi is kind of a uh, a six-episode, a little anthology type thing. Um, it's going to have three episodes for Count Dooku and three episodes for Ahsoka. That's going to go through their life. But they're more like short stories. They're not inherently, excuse me, not Correct. inherently full-length things. Um, yeah, they're not even they're not even calling them episodes. They're calling them shorts. Yes, yes. Um, and, and that's very important to, to think about. As we get this series, because you don't want to come in disappointed, right? And secondarily, what's uh, interesting if you if you follow this at all, Dave Filoni, uh, when talking about this, actually almost referred to them as visual poems. Um, they rely mm-hmm. more heavily on visuals rather than storytelling, which is going to be definitely interesting. But yeah, not uh, it's been said maybe not a whole lot of dialogue should be expected within the, the series. Right, kind of reminds me. Of going back to the very original Clone Wars uh, cartoon that was on Cartoon Network, yes. where that was a lot of action and stuff, but there wasn't a whole lot of of dialogue in that. Right, show. right. So, uh, with that said, our news piece was that they released their tr- uh, their their poster for this show, um, and uh, or this collection of shorts, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And uh, it's a very, very, it's kind of the classic floaty head poster, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of really cool uh, people in this that we are very recognizable, obviously. Yeah, so. and I, I really like this poster, and 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 as you'll see, and if you uh, have not seen this poster, you can see it on our Facebook or Instagram. Yes. We have posted it on there. Um, as you can see, though, it does have the Jedi Order symbol kind of. Mm-hmm. 
there, and then you have the all the characters that are going to be involved in the show around it. So let's just kind of go through and look at all the characters. Here. Right. Do you want to lead that off? or Yeah, so okay. top left, of course, we have Clone Wars Anakin. Um, yeah. This is our, our classic uh, classic look. Of course, that's he plays such a huge part in Ahsoka's life. And again, uh, on this leftward part, it's going to be mostly uh, people related to Ahsoka, right? Um, so, like I said, we have Anakin. And then below that is Mace Windu. And again, there's going to be... There's going to be more... Uh, there's going to be more relations to... Um, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Anyway, sorry. Uh, <laughs> there's going to be relations between both sides of this, but the but the yeah. left focuses more on Ahsoka, right focuses more on Count Dooku. But below that is Mace Windu, which Mace Windu plays a part into Count Dooku, as we know. But also, there is a pretty big part that she plays. He plays into Ahsoka's life as well, uh, <laughs> whether it be good or bad. Right. Right. Below that, of course, uh, you know, and, and I Drew might have more details on this, but what it looks like is her mother or perhaps grandmother. Um, it is another uh, Targruda that is much older. So, so um, I can't tell for sure from that image. I think that it might be like the grandmother. Um, <laughs> yeah. She has like a, there, there is like a grandma that is kind of like, they treat her kind of like she's like the you know the patriarch type for the yeah, whole like, matriarch. village. Or matriarch. Sorry. Let's, get, let's get it right here. <laughs> for, the whole, for the whole village. <laughs> Um, and then I think the one below that, I believe that is Ahsoka's mother. Right. Holding gotcha. baby, baby Soka. Baby Soka. Baby Soka. Baby Soka. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we see those and obviously that's going to be the biggest part, uh, for her, for her side of things. Right. Um, and below that, it, lo it looks to be like some sort of Sith character. Um, and I'm trying to look up an article to see if they have a better explanation of who everyone is. Probably wouldn't be a good thing to to find out beforehand. But what it does so, appear to be some sort of Sith character is like a red lightsaber, right? And some sort of uh Yeah, so I don't know if this is supposed to be some kind of Inquisitor or yeah, could be. uh I really don't know exactly. Um however, I would assume that oh wait, hold on. Is he does he have an Inquisitor lightsaber? He does. He does have an Inquisitor lightsaber. It's so it hard is to an Inquisitor. see, but yeah, it is. Yeah. Um so my guess would be is this this inquisitor is somehow connected to ahsoka right right i think there's going to be a more personal relationship somehow involved with this but we'll see yes and so the bottom left which is a big surprise the and star of the, the show star of the show it, it really isn't but in our hearts it is and that is yaddle Listen, um, Yaddle's been waiting yeah, she for her needs moment. Her, her She's moment been waiting to shine. for her moment yes, to shine. Yes. And this is it. She's on the poster. <laughs> we know we're getting her. And you know what? I hope we get a Yaddle and Yoda conversation. Oh, yeah, of course. You can talk about, you know, alimony, kid, you know, child. <laughs> uh, what's the other one I'm looking for? Now, uh, <laughs> you know, pay, paying money for the children. I can't think of what I'm trying to I say. You but, gonna, uh, child support. Child support. <laughs> for Grogu. For that's Grogu. <laughs> <laughs> not what's happening but you know it, it would have been funny though uh what, what was you gonna say <laughs> childbearing hips those are <laughs> <laughs> very beautiful you are <laughs> oh my give me give me a child you will <laughs> oh, I can't believe it's <laughs> okay let's go okay well yeah so what's <laughs> what's interesting about uh um uh, what's her face? <laughs> Sorry, I'm so uh, yeah. Yaddle is that uh, Yaddle does not talk in the same way that Yoda does. 
Yeah, that is very that is very true. Yeah, and so people were like, it's funny because I can't remember this discussion was coming along. I think in in Mandalorian um, when the reveal of Grogu, but some people were under presumption that for whatever reason that Yaddle was not canon for some reason. But she is in fact in she's only in one movie and for just a short moment. But she is in um, Phantom Menace, right? And part of the Jedi Council. So if you go back and see that, you can tell that she clearly is canon. But having her in these little short episodes is going to be very cool because it kind of just resubmits her in um, in canon, I guess. You I know think what I'm, saying? I'm, I'm wondering if Yaddle dies in this. Could be because we kind of see how, how that happens. See how it happens. Because we don't really have a canon she's just gone. Yeah. Yeah, explanation. So anyway... So on the other side, of course, on the flip side of seeing Ahsoka and her uh, season seven Clone Wars side, we do see a young Count Dooku. So it's, it's cool to see him in his younger uh, younger state here. Uh, so, Jerry, do you want to take this other side and, and, and go over some of the folks on that side? Sure. Uh, I'm going to start from the top, though, because I just, I don't know. I just feel like we should start from I the agree, top. I agree. I agree. So uh, from the top... Um, <clears throat> Well, I, well, you already mentioned Count Dooku there in the right. in the big one in the middle there. Right. Uh, but then for, at the top we have Bell. Yes, Bell Organa. Bell Organa. And, um, of course, always good to see uh, Bell. Yes. And then next we have a young Qui-Gon, I think. That's kind of what it's alluding to. I yeah. think that was the young Qui-Gon because there's also a – I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's <clears> – yes, young that is young Qui-Gon. Um. So very excited to see that. I think that's going to be really cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and then we have uh, Captain Rex. Yes. So getting yes. Captain Rex's return here, always uh, cool to see him. Then after that, we have our uh, very Clone Wars style Obi Wan Kenobi. This is yes. This is definitely the earlier. Uh, it's the earlier look that mm-hmm. Obi Wan Kenobi had in the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. but looks better than those did. Does that well, make sense? Yeah, this is definitely his, like, it's like, uh, end, like, okay, if you're talking about timeline, so, uh, episode two of the, mm-hmm. of the saga, right, which is Attack of the Clones, yeah. it would be, like, the end of episode two, right, before beginning of Clone Wars, because if you look, he has his, uh, Jedi mullet, but he also has Clone Wars armor on, so, uh, kind of an interesting little detail. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. So then we have Ahsoka, Ahsoka. <laughs> yes, uh, just over on this side now. Again, just and out. so kind of an interesting choice in my opinion to yes. put Ahsoka again on there. But you know, whatever. <laughs> no, right? Um, they just ran out characters and they're like, oh, I'll go put somebody. And then under that we have a. Uh, do you remember what his name is? It's something it's weird. Like the librarian. It's Jedi yeah, librarian. Uh, Yarol Poof or something? Yariel Poof. Yariel Poof. Yeah, I think that's I don't know. I know I'm saying it wrong, but (laughs) you guys know who I'm talking about, or you don't. But, uh, However, I do want to note, and I think there may be a good reason. Oh, wait, no, that's not Yariel Poof. Yariel Poof's like the... the, uh, Another weird-looking alien dude. Yeah, that's... Oh, yeah, that's that's not Yariel He's the one from High Republic. He's in the High Republic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Jet one of the... um, Yeah. What is his name then? Now we got to know. Yeah, I know. Well, if you remember, though, she had a significant, she being Ahsoka, had a significant moment with him. There's a whole episode in Clone Wars where he teaches her to be like patient and da 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 da. Well, um, and the other reason I really want to bring mention to him is fairly certain he is the one we see um, dead in, uh, in Kenobi. Yeah, in the, this little like yeah, frozen. When they're showing all things. the all the different people that they have, like. Like uh, pickled in the <laughs> in there, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's one yeah. of them. It's Tara Tara Sanube, 
Sanube. Tira Sanube. Yeah. Okay, I knew it had like a oob in there yeah. somewhere. <laughs> yeah, something like <laughs> that. Yeah, there's a oob. Ooh, there's, there's, a oob. there's a oob. There's a oobie gooby. Yeah. So, yeah. So, anyways, maybe we'll see uh, his fate in here. You never know. Um, and then we have Qui-Gon again, but this time it's Qui-Gon uh, older than what I, I believe. You mean Count Dooku? Yes. <laughs> Let's not confuse the people here. I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. Is Count Dooku, is Count not Qui-Gon. <laughs> Count Dooku. And here he has a beard and stuff, so I think it's supposed to be like the middle age yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I, I think we we essentially see him in all three stages mm-hmm. of of appearance. So we get like very young, middle aged, and then we have like older what we know Count right. Dooku. Right. And it's kind of I think Sort of the same for Ahsoka, but not as big of age gaps. But yeah, um, yeah. So, anyways, uh, a lot said there, but very excited for this. Again, this is going to be something that I do believe you'll be able to sit down and Sorry. <laughs> I just and, like rammed into and most likely be able to consume this whole six episode show like in, in, in sitting. one sitting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, these are shorts. I watched the first episode. Um. At, at celebration i can't tell you i wasn't like sitting there watching the clock yeah <laughs> uh, but i do feel like it was still enough time to really get the to enjoy it yeah i didn't feel like i was like oh man that was just way too fast um but i i would it's definitely not like a 30 minute episode right, though right right um, i would expect more like 15 minutes or or mm. maybe 20 and there will be uh, there will be stretch. six of them so there will be six of them yeah. so all that together will will have a good yeah. feel to it yeah um, and just a, an update for that, uh, we will cover those, of course. Um, we will have a, a whole review of the entire thing Yes. Uh, in one, and so that might be a, a pretty big discussion. Yeah. I want to figure out how we do that with Andor. Um, we'll let yeah. you guys know exactly <laughs> if we maybe make those into two episodes, or I don't know. We'll talk about it, but let us know if you guys have a preference on how we do that. Yes, if you want absolutely. all in one episode, us to, to review both that, the Andor episode of that week and this whole thing, or if you'd rather us do it separate. Like either or. Yeah. yeah, anyway. So, uh, but, you know, in the meantime, if you want to see that poster, like like Drew said, you can go to our Facebook page. It's posted there. And uh, further than that, it will be out on October 26th. So you can yeah. watch it after that. So uh, moving on to our next news story here. Um, Star Wars High Republic Phase 2 has officially launched, um, starting with Path of Deceit, which just hit on Tuesday. Uh, I have it. I've started it. I'm probably about halfway through. Yeah. Um, I don't really have anything to say just yet. I'm not sure where it's headed or what it's doing. It's been kind of slow so far. It hasn't, it hasn't really like hit anything, but there are parts of it that I'm pretty intrigued about. So um, excited to see where it goes. I've heard lots of good things. I'm, I'm seeing people say it really hits about uh, the, the last portion of the book is really really good and really um has some important stuff so we'll see um but also the high republic comic mm-hmm. is going to start october 12th so that's just right around the corner so we'll see what that story has to tell <laughs> as well but then of course even after that we will have um the adult series convergence um, and that's going to be in November as well as a junior novel coming in November. I can't remember the name of that one at the moment, but, mm-hmm. um, and then, all right, let's see. I have it right here. It is called, 
Quest for the Hidden City. So that's coming out in November as well. And then uh, we get the Battle of Jeddah at the beginning of the year, which is going to be an audiobook, but also going to, they're going to have a script version. Um, and But I think that's going to be a very intriguing one because I think we're going to see uh, basically what happens to Jeddah and why the Jedi are no longer on Jeddah. That's right. what we see in Rogue One. So Yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be interesting. Like I said, I, I, I kind of, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I've kind of refrained from reading it as of yet, um, you know, and I'm kind of waiting on Andrew to tell me <laughs> if, if, if this is if like... you should read it or not. Well, you know, because as we discussed this in a prior episode, right, what is that in the in the first phase, there was three main adult books that were like, this is the story. Everything else, all these junior novels, these mm-hmm. young adult novels, they're all supplementary um right. but the three main ones are these adult novels and to be honest with you i just have no interest in reading anything other than adult novel frankly you know it's just me so there's like again per our prior discussion they're starting off with a a junior novel or a young, young adult, adult novel, novel excuse yeah. me yeah and uh so i'm <laughs> like i said i'm just kind of waiting on Andrew to tell me whether this seems to be um the uh <laughs> the uh what i'm trying to say like the main story or it's like oh no later on they released it in dolman yeah and and, and that's the thing so far i can't i couldn't tell you like i said i'm about halfway through but i really don't know like yeah i don't really know where they're headed with this yet um i do have a couple suspicions but nothing i'm gonna reveal of course right now yeah but i will give i will give my thoughts and in, in a review on on the book once i'm finished Right. And we'll have it on the podcast, but uh, until then, we'll just have to wait and see. But if, if any of you guys are, are reading it, if you guys have started it, let us know. I know JB said that uh, his hadn't arrived yet. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, poor and, JB. He's gonna, yeah. getting it late. And so um, if once he gets it, um, maybe he'll give some thoughts. And, and, and the rest of you, if you're reading it, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Excuse me. Um our final news piece for this week is uh, kind of a sad one. It was kind of inevitable, but right, but a uh, kind of sad one. And that is James Earl Jones, who is the uh, classic voice of Darth Vader, who anytime we've seen or heard uh, Darth Vader, when you hear his voice, it's James Earl Jones. Um, he, he is a classic uh, voice actor that, that uh, reprised him in the very, at the, from the very beginning all the way to A New Hope, right? Um, it was James Earl Jones, and uh, sadly, he is stepping away from the role of Vader. Um, again, I say it is sad, but it is kind of inevitable um, because at the end of the day, folks, I mean, what he is, uh, I'm just trying to look it up here. He is 91. He is 91 years old. <laughs> yeah, it's old. Um, <laughs> that's, that's kind of old, yeah? Kind of old. And um, yeah, and at the end of the day, you know, I watched a recent um interview with him and he he looks old and you can tell yeah. he's tired like he just he did he probably just does not have the energy to go out to a recording booth or recording studio and for days on end and record you know he just doesn't have it in him and and you know what i get it you know it's sad but it is kind of the course of things um but uh definitely very thankful for his contributions of course because um you know again he he is the voice of vader when you hear vader like when i think of vader it's his voice mm-hmm. you know so so what's interesting about about this is, um, you know, if, for those of you who watch Kenobi, uh, we see, you know, his his name um, in the credits and, and such as the voice of Vader. And what's interesting, though, is that he w- did not actually voice Vader in Kenobi. Yeah. Not yeah. really. It's kind of weird, but 
Um, he basically said he was ready to wind down. Uh, and, and so when it came to Kenobi, um, he didn't really seem too interested. And so basically, uh, they had him sign off to allow the team to use his voice recordings. Yeah. And they essentially created a system to where they could, uh, they could utilize his voice. Yeah. Um, and recreate it with like some kind of, you know digital voodoo right and right. and so that is how we get it in kenobi and you honestly i couldn't tell no and yeah so, I, until the until i read about it afterwards mm-hmm. i would have never thought you know yeah so but it's interesting that like instead of them doing like an official like hey you know thanks to to um to to him for all of James Earl Jones for all of his time as Vader and stuff. And yeah. now he's going to, they, they, instead they're just like still putting his name on the credits right, and right. kind of letting it just go, go under the radar that he's not actually coming in the studio and, and, and doing this anymore. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But I mean, still, I mean, regardless of him coming or not coming into the studio, at the end of the day, it's still his voice. I mean, they kind of give him, got to give him credit. And plus, again, he's. Well, yeah, the, you got to give him credit. He's the institution. I mean, even if they did have somebody else come in as Vader, they still got to give him some credit. <laughs> you know right. Right. Anyway, so kind of sad news, but, you know, it is part of it. And, but thankfully, though, on, on a brighter note, is that they've worked out with him and his family and with technology that even though he may be stepping down from the role, we're still going to have more beautiful, deep, bassy James Earl Jones voice as Vader <laughs> in the future. Oh, yeah. So, all good stuff. So that concludes our news for this week. Uh, now we're going to go into our rumors very quickly. And the first one is that we have a new update which reveals expected debut window for Star Wars Acolyte. And again, of course, this is just a rumor, but uh, we've been hearing some whisperings and some rumblings about Acolyte recently. In fact, I think it was even just our last episode we were talking, talking about. talking about the Acolyte a yeah, lot lately. Yeah, So it makes sense that we're getting some rumors as to when it's supposed to uh, supposed to be releasing. So, Drew, what do you have on that? So the Bespin Bulletin has revealed that the Acolyte is set to begin filming this October all the way through to May 2023, indicating that a potential 2024 release date could be expected for the series. Uh, Nerdist recently noted that the Acolyte could be released in either late 2023 or early 2024, which kind of, again, lines up with this timeline that we're getting from the Bespin Bulletin. Yeah. So I, I would say this is this is uh, pretty accurate. Um, however, it is of course kind of disappointing to think that we still have to wait that long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but w- I mean, I think if we can get this in early 2024, that would be pretty great. Um, personally, I was hoping for a late 2023. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's probably going to be the Ahsoka spot. Yeah, if I, th- I was guessing, I think we were talking about this li- again, like yeah, this last yeah. episode. So I would say that's going to kind of be where Ahsoka will be. So it makes sense that this will be the maybe spring or summer uh, show for twenty twenty four. Yeah, makes sense. And again, since we haven't heard like basically anything, it kind of just makes sense that it's going to be that far out because they're still kind of. Um, you know, solidifying everything, you know, who's going to be in it, you know, what yeah. the story's going to be, you know, the principal filming and all that stuff. So, right. Yeah. Um, it makes sense it's going to be that far out. So, it is interesting that we're kind of starting to hear a few things here and there. So, yes. So, moving on to our next 
rumor Disney's ambitious plans for Star Wars gaming's future reportedly revealed. Now, we've talked a little bit about this before, um, but again, it's kind of been brought up, and so it's starting to really uh, gain some ground here. And that is that Disney has requested that Lucasfilm ensures a new Star Wars video game is released every six months. Woo. Yeah, so, that's, that's interesting. There's, you know, one gigantic issue in the world of game development, mm. um, and that's crunch, right? <laughs> right. Um, As we've seen in the past several years, yeah. that's happened to almost every developer, every studio. Like, that's been an issue with almost every AAA title that's came out, yeah. right? Yeah, it's it's been an <laughs> ongoing issue for many, many studios, many different games, and it's the age-old story of, you know, crunch, 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 we want to we wanna release this game. By this date, so yeah. you guys are having to work lo super long hours, long days, and you're not getting any kind of uh, bonuses for it, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And they're worn out. They're yep. upset about it. Uh, and and then you got them saying, well, their game's not ready. And <laughs> yeah. and you have, uh, you know, the, the, the corporates saying we don't care this needs to be released by this time so we get our money exactly and you know you saw it with cyberpunk you saw it with uh i mean we could go on we could like start most of the past like stuff. couple past couple call of um, duties <laughs> but um, you know yeah. these games being released before they're actually ready and the developers know and and possibly are arguing that they aren't ready but they get released anyway and mm -hmm. i say all that to say disney pushing lucasfilm to and again this is a rumor but if Disney truly is pushing Lucasfilm to release a Star Wars game every six months, yeah, that doesn't sound very good to me. Yeah, I mean, what, like again, a what are they going to be putting out each of those times, and and b is that enough time to really dedicate? Is that enough time to dedicate what you need to create a good game? You know what I'm saying? Right. Which now, obviously, we would assume that. Those are all under different studios or different developers sure, or whatever. Sure. So they're having their own individual time to work mm -hmm. on it. But again, it's still a pretty ambitious, uh, pretty ambitious. thing, you know. And, and we I, all, and the last thing I'll say is like we also don't want to get burnout on Star Wars stuff too. Right, right. And I think if you if you have enough teams involved, and we know there's actually quite a few teams yeah. working on Star Wars games right now. Uh, a lot of different rumors out there, but also confirmed game Star Wars games that are being worked on right now yeah and and so if you have enough of them then sure maybe they can strategically plan it out to where there's they have plenty of time to right. make these games but we saw it actually in the last uh lego star wars game yeah that you know there was a lot of of crunch going on with that unpleasant working conditions to the point of a lot of complaints coming out uh, and now uh, the game itself i think actually came out and and is pretty pretty impressive really yeah um and we we enjoy playing it but oh yeah uh you know you see the the vast worlds of that game and stuff and and honestly to me i'm like man maybe they shouldn't have have forced them to put so much into this thing <laughs> right. um and maybe that would have kind of been less uh, about on the crunch but i think that 
if you have a game coming out every six months and they're like, okay, this there has to be a game every six months. Right. So if you so once they get to a certain developer and it's their turn and their game's not ready, are they going to force them to release it anyway? Yeah. Or or yeah. are they going to say, oh well, okay, we're going to push it back. We're not going to have a game. And so until, for, now you're later now. Instead now of six gonna months, be, yeah. You know? And yeah. how's that going to go down? And is that going to be acceptable? <laughs> right. Just things to think about. Yeah. But, and and it's, it's definitely something that they I feel like they in the climate of gaming that we're in nowadays, they really do need to make that aware to people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, because again, it, it's something that's definitely scary for a lot of people. Um, yeah. And, and, and another thing, if you are, you know, uh, you enjoy Star Wars, but maybe you're not the biggest gamer. Yeah. But you let's let's say you heard about uh, Jedi Fallen Order and you pick that up. Mm-hmm. It may take you six months to finish the game. Yeah. Because maybe you don't, you know, consistently play, or maybe it just takes you a while to get through a game because you're just not very good. Right, I mean, right. these are 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 uh, legitimate reasons that somebody it may take someone six months to get through a game, and so um, it's for someone like you or me, it's nothing really but for right. someone else it can it could be harder for them to like oh no another one's coming another out one. and i'm like i haven't even and i haven't even the like the surface one. of yeah, this one yeah. and it could and it could go to exactly what you said <laughs> right. earlier it could grow to this fatigue of star wars oh games, yeah which right now yeah. we're we're hungry for You're them like, right? I want this. Yeah. We, we want them but uh if if we truly get them every six months it might come a little overboard yeah absolutely so totally agree and uh we'll see we'll see if that comes into fruition and i i again i i doubt that we're gonna get that I, I imagine it might be some sort of hybrid of that but only time will tell only time will tell yeah so let's go ahead and jump into our releases for this coming week and uh we have um a pretty exciting one here for for you on the 12th on the 12th, we have the High Republic issue number one. So that is going to be coming out uh, that Wednesday. And so, of course, this will be the first issue in phase two. And then we also have Visions issue number one. So it's my understanding this is a a prequel to the uh, Samurai or I don't know what they called that episode, but I don't remember. But either. you know who I'm talking about, Ronin right? or Ronin. something like that. Yeah, the Ronin. Yeah, it's a sequel, or sorry, a prequel to that episode yeah. within this comic. So if you're interested in that, that also releases on the 12th. Also, we get Star Wars issue number 28, also on the 12th. So three new Star Wars comics for you guys on Wednesday, and then on the 14th, or sorry, also sorry. Also on the 12th, we have Andor Episode 6. That will also be on the 12th. And then from there, we have... Uh, well, I guess that's actually really it if we're only covering yeah. one week. I'm used to covering two weeks, but if we're only covering <laughs> one week, right? Um, that is all that we have coming up. Yes. Of course, remember in November, we will be um, having <clears throat> some, some more of the High Republic. So now would be a good time to pick up that first book that just came out. And uh, read it and be ready for two new books in oh, November. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so let's go ahead into our uh, second to last thing here, and that is our community discussion. Again, as we say every time, it's definitely one of our more favorite things that we love to do. And uh, our community discussion, if you're not familiar, is where we reach out every single time we're going to have an episode, and we ask one question, and we say, hey, folks, you know, blah, 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 blah. And we would love to get your answers, and we're going to discuss them live on air. So... This week's question is I, <laughs> is definitely something I didn't realize it was going to be as in-depth as it 
ended up being. I kind of just threw it out there and thinking like, oh yeah, it's an easy discussion thing. <laughs> we got people. That we got care. people like yeah, we got people like writing books. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, oh man, I have like quite a few things I can say. Right. Anyway. The community discussion topic for this week is that now that the Skywalker saga has been concluded um, and we have had time to watch all of the movies or several times for many of us, what is your favorite and least favorite things about each trilogy? So essentially saying, you know, prequel trilogy, original trilogy, sequel trilogy, you know, what is your most favorite thing about that one? And what is your least favorite thing about that one? So way we're going to kind of break this down is uh, we're going to go ahead and go trilogy by trilogy. And then we're going to go, so we're going to start with prequel. And we're going to say, all right, our least favorite things. And Drew and I are going to talk about ours. And then we're going to read your guys's. And then we're going to move on to the positive things, the things you like the most. Once that's done, we're going to move to original and go on from that style. So without further ado, our least favorite things from the prequel trilogy. So... Unfortunately, I, I think it, this is subject to a lot of scrutiny, right? I think a lot of people can oh, sure. <laughs> pick fun at the prequel trilogy for good reasons here and there. Um, and uh, so there's, there is a lot of things that you theoretically could say. Now, I'm someone who did enjoy the prequel trilogy, but I have to admit there are things that I didn't love about it. And I'm going to be pretty general. I know like Alex, you know, Alex Mason, he got pretty specific on the things that he likes and didn't like. But for me, I'm going to stay pretty general just for the sake of time. But for me, my least favorite things for the prequel trilogy were probably A, the CGI, right? And that's just a product of the time. And that's unfortunate, but it was a burgeoning new <laughs> technology they had to use. Mm -hmm. um, so that was that was my biggest dislike was probably the CGI. And like a close runner up second would be like the dialogue and exactly how it was directed. I love the story, but just the the minutia the innuendos like the little little tiny things here and there how they interacted with one another and just some of the dialogue it's just it's just goofy you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel super organic so that coupled with the obviously very inorganic cgi it, it, it can cause some uh <laughs> problems there for me and that's probably what i dislike the most about the prequel trilogy so drew what do you dislike the most about the prequel trilogy i think for me it's definitely the kind of what you're saying the dialogue mm -hmm. Uh, the kind of the, I guess it's just George Lucas's direction with the acting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as much as, 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 as I love, you know, parts of the prequels mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll get to that of course, but I think that, uh, that for me is, is that when I go back and I watch it, some of the dialogue is like, Ooh, you know, or the acting, yeah. you're like, Oh, you know, with Anakin sometimes, Ugh. You got Jar Jar Binks just going <laughs> right. around. Just, I, right. I do a lot it's of those like, while I'm watching. Like, yeah, it kind of just cringes, cringes here and yeah. there. Like, um, but and I and I see where you're coming from with CG with the C, with the CGI. But mm -hmm. I'm a little more forgiving of that, I guess, because I understand the time it was, and at the right. time it was it was pretty uh, impressive to to people when they watched it when it first came out. But I think for me. I, I kind of just have learned to kind of overlook it because right. I know it was made back then. Right. Um, so I don't think about that as much. But for me, it's definitely, I have to say, the dialogue and, and just the overall 
acting in the yeah. prequels is, is can be rough for sure you know this thing and i don't want to get too deep in the weeds on this just you brought it up it's like the, the only reason i give it some flack for the cgi is because we have movies such as lord of the rings right that came out the same era and um and it is it, it still holds up to this day because they didn't really lean heavy into that cgi now i know it's it, it's it's harder that's, that's fair different, right yeah because they're going from like fantasy to sci-fi and there's so much more that would need to be you know computer right, like how do, like how do you create coruscant uh, but but we did have 20 years earlier we have the original trilogy which didn't have all that and still did a pretty good purveying anyway so i don't want to get too deep on that that was my only complaint because like sure. it is a product of the times and i do point. look it over it but fair point lord of the rings and the original trilogy both show mm-hmm. that like you could work around anyway so I don't want to, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on that, but JB says his least favorite is quote I don't like sand it's coarse and rough and irritating and it gets everywhere. Joking aside, I I would I would say I don't have any real issues, but yeah. So JB's kind of just agrees with both of us that really this the dialogue right. It's just kind of like it's what he said in his own in his own way. I think <laughs> yeah, it's basically saying this like it's this dialogue that's really throwing me off, you know. But hey, it makes for a lot of good memes. And such, <laughs> it really, so. really does. Um, so let's see here. So Alex Mason, uh, the least favorite for prequels was how poorly or how poorly written Padme falling in love with Anakin was. Uh, it's just like it happened out of thin air. The writing of how she fell in love with him could have been done better. So like I said, kind of a deep cut for Alex, right? But I mean, I I totally know what you're saying though. Oh, I totally, I get, totally it. get it. I think unfortunately they leaned into the fact that they knew that eventually they would get married. They'd fall in love, have kids, Luke and Leia. Right. But at the end of the day, the whole point of a prequel is to show those things. Right. Yeah. And they never made a love story that we truly all like believed in. Right. (laughs) Right. right. And and we have multiple scenes where it's just the two of them and and they're together, but you never truly like believe in it. Yes. Never, they never, they never yeah. uh, really grip you with it. And a par- again, a part of that kind of comes with the acting, the dialogue, mm-hmm. um, things of that nature. The sad uh, part is, the is direction there, of it. Yeah, yeah. the sad part is there's a couple of deleted scenes from a couple of the different movies, right? But like, I'm th- the one I'm thinking of specifically, specifically is, um, I think Attack of the Clones. There's a deleted scene. And it really starts, like, it actually, they go to visit Padme's mom and dad and sister, and they, you know, it, it really starts to flesh out the relationship and that, that budding relationship and how she's, like, her mom, Padme's mm-hmm. mom, is, like, staying, like, oh, you know, hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she's, like, no, 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 he's my protector and stuff. But then, like, they're, like, come she's, like, I know you like, you know, it was just those little moments that would have been really good to have, sure. and they cut them out, like every movie does, it seems <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So well, let's get on to what our favorite thing is or favorite things are about the prequel trilogy. So again, I'm saying kind of on a higher level and there's a lot of things that I could say. I, I love, of course, seeing uh, my favorite character, Obi-Wan, in his prime. I mean, that's a, kind of the easy oh, cop out sure. answer, yeah. right? I love seeing him in his prime. So that's one reason, one of my favorite things about the prequel era or prequel trilogy. But again, and also, I guess, kind of another cop-out answer. But what I really love, and although it had its faults and it was on the cusp of being destroyed, we get to see the Jedi Order. We get to see right. the, um, we get to see the, like, what it, what it should have been like to some degree. Again, mm-hmm. we have the corruption and the blah, blah, blah. It was about to fall. But, you know, we get to see what it was like to have, 
a bunch of Jedi fighting together and, and, and planning together. And so, you know, for instance, on Attack of the Clones, episode two, we could see the Battle of Geonosis where they're going. And, and, and again, it's just so cool to see all these Jedi fighting together against one force. Yeah. So that would definitely be probably my favorite thing about prequel trilogy. Drew? Yeah, I would say for me, um, it's it's the world building that it did. Right? Yes. And that's kind yes. of what you're also kind of what you're saying there is like, uh, you know, so much of what we now just accept in mm-hmm. Star Wars came from the prequel trilogy. Yeah. There's a lot of things that we didn't know or fully understand as far as as Jedi and go and a lot of things mm-hmm. um, that the prequels set into motion. Yeah. And 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 now we just, you know, it's just fact to us. But uh, again, um, it's because George Lucas came in and he he set these prequels and it felt like a, it felt like an existing world. Just right. like that's one thing I think you can't argue with, in my opinion, is that yeah. going into the prequels, it feels like an existing lived in world that has mm-hmm. uh, history and has rules to it and, and things that they go by and follow. Yeah. And and it so in, in a way, so perfectly melds into what we get into the original trilogy and, and sure. calls back yeah. on things that the original trilogy mentioned. Yeah. And and he just, he pulls some of that and then he just blows it into this huge <laughs> uh, um, thing that came from little references. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Ref, rep, you know, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi in the original trilogy just mentions yeah. uh, the Clone Wars, you yeah. know? Yeah. And it's just a one small little discussion. Exactly. And, and George Lucas took that and created... Oh, here's this whole thing. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and, and creates this massive series that, yeah. and movies that we have now came from things like little that. Little references so here and there, yeah. I love yeah. what what he establishes in the prequels. And and how that has grown into Star Wars canon yeah. for in so many different directions. So yeah. that would be my answer. Absolutely, yeah. So for JB, he says his favorite part about the prequels is simply hello there. And obviously <laughs> all the memes. So <laughs> for JB, it's just the memes. Just, so just the memes. <laughs> I'm gonna extrapolate a little bit here. And I think I think where JB is going is that yeah. he he likes the the cultural significance of oh, sure. of the prequels. I think that's sure. what he's getting at. Is that he's trying to say that like yeah. yes, there's a lot of memes and and but like let me phrase that but there's many things that comes from the prequels that you know it's it's a meme and but we we know what it is you know yeah. like hello there like if someone ever says hello there you always say general Kenobi, you know <laughs> yeah and so i think it's like maybe the cultural significance yeah. of those movies although they're ch- cheesy and, and goofy sometimes sure it is it is cool because it has that cultural significance so i'm assuming that's what jb means maybe jb's like no you're just taking way too much out of my words <laughs> Well, and I think, and, and no, it's so true though, because like, uh, you know, a lot of us grew up with, mm-hmm. with, with the prequels. And so, you know, we all naturally use it in memes and such, and, and mm-hmm. we all kind of understand where we're coming from. And it's, it's a beautiful thing really. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, for Alex, he says his favorite thing about the prequels is Obi-Wan and Anakin's relationship and their duel in Revenge of the Sith. So, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, seeing, again, kind of what Drew was saying, right, is that that budding of, um, or the fleshing out of, Mm. of, of the things we already know existed. You're like, oh, we know that... He, you know, Obi-Wan knew my father, you know, as Luke would say. Well, how, you know, now we have an entire trilogy showing that relationship. So, totally. 
So let's move on to the uh, original trilogy. So Ooh. we're going to go through uh, through our least favorite parts of the original trilogy. Okay. And, uh, you know, honestly, <laughs> I just didn't have a lot to say on this. I was like, watch it, like, watch uh, it. <laughs> and I think, honestly, I think, honestly, my least favorite parts, and again, well, I'll just say it. So my least favorite part is definitely a sign of the time, but it's the... It's the kind of simplicity sure. of like the fighting and the combat sure. and the effects. Now, don't get me wrong, and again, I can flip that right around and say the effects are amazing for the time. But if I'm just sitting here watching it today, you know what I'm saying? Um, it, it's unfortunately one of those things where sometimes I can get a little lost, you know, because you're like, oh man, that's kind of goofy, or it pulls me out of the realism and stuff. And another thing is, and, and this is actually one of my positives but i'll kind of pull it into a negative as well and say that like sometimes spoilers yeah and some <laughs> yeah spoilers for bong saying like five seconds but the one thing i also kind of don't like about it is just the fact that again a, a product of the time is that sometimes it can be a little slow and it's just like it drags on in some places just because in this time of the 70s and 80s that was just how they wrote movies like there would be there would be scenes where like people would just be walking for like 45 seconds you're like why would you include that you know yeah. and it's not that bad in in the original trilogy but mm -hmm. there is some of that kind of stuff in there so at the end of the day it does i don't really have any huge complaints with the original trilogy but if there was something i would say that so what about you uh, i'm in the exact same boat as you um yeah. i think if if there's anything with the original trilogy it's all just related to the fact that you know it is uh, you know, very old at this point, over 40 years old. Yes. Um, yeah. And so, you know, it kind of comes, uh, there are flaws to to, to, net, to today's standards because mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. A lot of it comes with, you know, design and, and, and things of that time. Yeah. So it's, again, kind of like what I said with the prequels, easy to look past because of those reasons yeah. um, and understanding some of that. But yeah. I do think... Um, it does kind of hurt it a little bit now when you go back and watch it, and you know, and you and you yeah. see like man, and like <laughs> yeah. you know, a perfect example, you know, Vader and and Obi Wan Kenobi's fight, right? Yeah. And to this day, it does kind of hurt me when I watch that. You know, like, you're thinking like, of what oh, it, it could, could be so been, much more. It's you know, been so much more. And and some people have made it more. Yeah, there's, there's, there's some pretty cool edits out really there. Really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, and here's the thing, you know, one day. You know, you can, you can, you can be absolutely disgusted with me, but you know it's true. One day, they're gonna remake the original <laughs> I know, trilogy. I don't wanna... One day, we may be old. We may we be may, gone. We may be gone. I doubt that. I don't but, know, but, but one day Disney's gonna go. You know what? We're restarting. This is such a profitable franchise. We're restarting. We're just reboot everything. We're starting with the beginning. Yeah. And you're gonna and and they're gonna remake those. We will make it into our own image. That's, <laughs> <laughs> but that's absolutely a terrifying thought to me. Yeah. It I mean, is. absolutely terrifying. But yeah. Anyway, but yeah, but again, it's just kind of the the sign of the of the times with yeah. it. And it's hard to even call it a flaw because exactly because it is literally <laughs> just because of the time period. It and it was still very impressive. I was gonna say, and at the, at the time in which they created, it was actually like the most mind blowing like innovation yeah. but anyway right so jb's least favorite thing about the original trilogy is how luke is portrayed in a new hope he is a typical teenager with teenage angst i suppose but compared to what or excuse me compared to what we know now know of leia how she is involved with all sorts and stuff 
Uh, that just seems so silly to me. So I, I definitely, I definitely get where you're coming from, JB. Um, it, it is kind of weird, right? Because we get Leia, who's just like she's this established leader, and she's fierce, and she's grown up, and she's already went through all of this stuff, right? She's already went through. <laughs> Uh, this entire Kenobi series as a child going and fighting and, and doing all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. And then also now we finally get to Luke and New Hope and also now he's just some goofy kid trying to go get power converters from Toxic yeah. Station, arguing with his yeah. mom and dad. I mean, I, I, I get where he's coming from, but I will say, you know, it, it's kind of it's kind of uh, Obi-Wan's fault because he, it is. Yeah. He, he, he brought Luke to... To Tatooine. Well, it's also and, maybe like Uncle Owen's fault, but well, anyway. Well, yeah, true, true. But, you know, Luke lived a normal farm boy life. That's right. kind of the point. He's this pure, innocent farm boy um, that eventually gets thrown into <laughs> into the rebellion and and becomes a hero. But yeah. a lot of a lot of what the the point of the the character of Luke is to be just a young naive farm boy, and he's ha- he's being thrust into this yeah, world where of like Leia, she's been involved in it since a child because yeah. she went to a, a not only into a into politics and in a yeah. political family, but also to someone who was a rebel sympathizer, right, and was right it was a reason for the beginning of the rebellion. So obviously and naturally, she becomes sure uh, a fighter and a leader because of that. So yeah. I I I don't necessarily look at it in a negative way, but I, I think, do understand. Honestly, I think I think at the end of the day, it's like I think that's actually part of what makes the story good, basically what you're saying. But I think I understand where. I understand where JB's come from. It's like how it was necessarily handled. Like it was just like this just drastic change between Tashi Station and Empire Strikes Back where he's just like this leader now. You know, oh, you mean Return of the Jedi? Are you t- I'm saying that he still is kind of like a bit of a leader in Empire. Like whenever they're at, you know, Hoth and... I think well, he's still pretty he's still pretty farm boyish in, yeah, in Empire. I, I don't know. I, I feel like... I mean, yes, you see growth. But I think Re- Return of the Jedi is where you're really like... Oh, okay. Yeah, he's something's changed. Happened. Yeah, and this yeah. is this is not the Luke we knew. Right now, of course, if you're if you're following uh, like comics, comics and stuff, you yeah. really understand all of right. the things it takes and things he goes through to get to that point. Um, and he goes through a lot more adventures than just what the movie yeah. shows us. But um, but. But yeah, I think you know. Originally, when people saw that, they're like, "Whoa!" And the, and 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 <laughs> you'll actually read. Um, you know, people that went to the theater and watched Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. that thought, "Oh, Luke's bad now." That that was yeah, right, watching right. it for the first time. People thought he was he You're was turning evil. He yeah. had turned evil. Yeah, and I don't even know if they used like Sith yet because I don't even know if like yeah, I don't I don't, I don't know. Think so yeah. he but, turned to the dark side. But he was a, yeah, he was, was a dark know. side user or something. Yeah. You know, so so I, I, let's you know. So obviously that progression is the main part of the story, right? Where that, that's part of the main narrative but jb uh, we're get we're saying that we do get where you're coming from so we're not saying that you're <laughs> uh we're, we're not trying to disprove what you're saying that's so don't take that we person. we get what you're saying we just don't think you're right <laughs> i'm just kidding. i'll let andrew say that i'm kidding um, i love to I, I, mess I'm, with you guys. i'm going to uh <laughs> defer anyway so uh <laughs> so alex <laughs> no we uh, here's the thing we we love to give our answers and then judge your guys' answers. And then absolutely judge because we <laughs> because can be can't, wrong and you guys most likely can't be right. You can't stop us. You're <laughs> you not here to, you're not you here to defend anything. yourself. You or your... <laughs> Unfollow. Uh, <laughs> Bad review. No. 
I don't understand why this happened. Why did they give us a one star? <laughs> okay, so we have so much more to go. Um, so Alex Mason's least favorite thing of the original trilogy was Obi-Wan and Vader's fight in A New Hope. I feel like the Obi-Wan Kenobi series helped me helped me not mind how bland the fight in A New Hope is. I know that there wasn't as much story then as there is now. It was difficult it was difficult storyline wise to come from uh, Revenge of the Sith into A New Hope because of the fight. So we that's basically what we said too, right? It's like we see this ins- I mean again, product of I will the times, say, right? I will say though, I'm curious, Alex, how Kenobi helped you with that. I would I would like to know I would like yeah. to know more about that. Yeah. Please comment on this episode and tell us. I think he's I and I you know, honestly, I don't I don't know how it helped him, but I will say that maybe seeing another good fight brought his hopes up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it, it made him happy. Well, I just know if there was something plot wise that made him like it. Because... Yeah, that's I don't I don't know if there would be anything plot wise. So yeah, please let us just know curious on that. Part. On that. So, all right, so moving to uh moving to our most favorite things of the original trilogy. And again, it's, it's such a generic answer, but it's like, I think with me, the most favorite thing of the original trilogy is simply just the story. I mean, this was the grassroots start of star Wars and it it truly was just a phenomenal story. Like if you were just to strip it all away, you know, take away the sci-fi elements and stuff, it really was a really good story of again, like you said, this farm boy who is naive and and whatever, being thrust into this world of of chaos and 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 uh, imperialism and whatnot, and having to fight against that and learn how to become a man in that. It's the hero's journey. It's the classic hero's journey, right? But then on top of that, you know, seeing this <laughs> crazy wild familial relationship between his sister and then his dad and then all this stuff, you know it. It was a really good story, and that's that has to be easily my favorite. And again, I guess if you want to dive deeper into that, you know, you could say the character building and the world building is what I really enjoyed about the 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 original trilogies because they took their time with it, but it wasn't so much time that you get lost in the sauce type thing. You know, yeah. um, I feel like they do a very good job of of setting up what this world's about. Uh, who these characters are, their background, and how they intermingle with one another. And I think they do it phenomenally. And that's definitely my favorite part. So, uh, Drew, what about you? What's your favorite thing about the original trilogy? Man, what to say. Um, I know. <laughs> I, I mean, first of all, I mean, it's it's the beginning, right? It's, right. it's what started it all. So, right. so of course, that naturally, uh, I love about it. And I love that... Um, you know, we have everything that we have today because of of this original trilogy. Yeah. But what I will say, um, I think what I really love most about the original trilogy is the just the the love and care. Yes. That yes. you feel when you watch the original trilogy. Well, it's it's making manifest someone's dream, someone's someone's idea, and that's being fleshed out. It's you like know? you know today. You know, so many movies come out, and sometimes you can sit and you can <laughs> right, watch a movie right. and you go, "Oh, this was literally made just for money." Like they, yeah. they don't care about this. Yeah. They don't care about this, uh, this movie. They don't care about the plot. They right. don't care about anything. They've taken something usually from like a book that yeah, somebody loved and adapted on, and it, they adapted you know. it for money and yeah. and the love. And the passion is not there. I just want to say it was it was it's clearly was never someone's passion project, right. you know. 
Star Wars, especially especially the original trilogy, mm-hmm. you can feel the love and the care and the passion. Oh yeah, throughout all three of those movies, um, and you can you can just you see it so strongly. Yeah, and, and I and you know I'll I'll throw out uh, a little um, love for for the Mando series, Mandalorian one mm-hmm. season one and two, because I I I feel that when I watch those. I feel that love and passion yeah. and, and, uh, just can, authenticness, right? Yeah. I mean, it's authenticity, you know, um, I feel it there too. when I watch those and it's just because, you know, there's a, there's a team involved here that really wants to see, uh, these do well and they don't, but they don't really care about it for the money. Uh, George mm-hmm. Lucas, <laughs> he couldn't care about this movie. I mean, trust me, he wanted to make money, but he didn't make this movie thinking, uh, it was going to be a huge blockbuster. He made the movie because he had a passion for the story and he wanted to see this world come to life. And, and so when it did, of course they were able to make more and, and it's, and it's an awesome thing. And so, yeah, I absolutely. think, I think that the passion um, that you see uh, that this world created is my favorite part about the original trilogy. For sure. Uh, very well said. Thank I, you. Yeah. Um, so let me go ahead and go to our comments. Kind of lost my place here. Um, I'm so, going to go uh, grab my laptop real quick because okay. my iPad died. <laughs> okay. So JB's favorite thing about the original trilogy, he says, the original trilogy, my favorite bit is the whole of Empire Strikes Back. Yes, good lad. Uh, that is the best best one of the of the bunch. And he says, I love the beginning on Hoth and Snowspeeders. Shame about Dax. Yes, it is a shame, first of all. And second of all, um, you know, I, I completely agree with you because, again, the Hoth and the Snowspeeders and just that whole battle. And, again, it kind of, like, harkens back to what I had said. It's just it's such, it's such an amazing world-building uh, scene and moment there. And it was just so awesome to see that. You know, I, I don't know this, and I could be speaking out of my rear end right now because I usually do. <laughs> but, you know, seeing that... I feel like that's the first time in, in, in modern cinema where you had seen, or you know, at least one of the first times you've seen, um, like just this huge snowy plane and then people interacting with each other in this snowy, you know, place. It's just, so I, I, I totally agree. I think that it was very revolutionary to start off Empire and Hoth and having these interactions and stuff. I just, it adds such incredible scale to this already huge universe. So, Completely agree with you, JB. Yeah, me too. Oh yeah, he just sat down. Don't don't let him. (laughs) Don't let him trick you. Um, I'm sure I do though, because JB is very smart. Yeah, yeah, very wise young man. Um, So Alex's uh, favorite thing about the originals was that Luke's character was Luke's character development. Um, and in parentheses, he says he's my favorite. So maybe I'm biased, but I love how he went from being a whiny, borderline annoying um, kid, acts before he speaks, farm boy. Interesting. Um, so we have we have one person that said that was the negative part of that it. Was the negative part, and another person that said it. It's really yeah, like it. It. so Intriguing. he says before he speaks a farm boy to a wise Jedi and great leader that thinks before he acts, chef's kiss. <laughs> Intriguing. Okay. So um, yeah, I uh, and I think and again not to not to dog on JB right because I think JB's point was maybe it was how it was handled or how it was perceived necessarily I don't mean I don't know he can't defend himself I, so. I know JB uh, <laughs> you can't say anything so I, I'm trying to help you man but I, I can't I can't no but for real though um, that is uh, it's a great point and obviously again, JB is just a Luke hater he's just a Luke Skywalker hater <laughs> you hate Luke Skywalker oh my gosh 
<laughs> so, so Alex, you know what you said again, kind of harkens back to a lot, what a lot of us are saying, right? It's just this amazing character and world building that that the original trilogy had. So, uh, we are, man, we are we still have this next trilogy to go. <laughs> it's, it's all right. right. It's all right. Um, all right. So the last one, of course, being the sequel trilogy. So the least favorite thing about the sequel trilogy. <laughs> And unfortunately for a lot of people, there is a lot that could be said about their least favorite things oh about boy. the sequel trilogy. Yeah, boy. Um, you know, unfortunately, this trilogy was spotted with a lot of issues from the get-go, right? Um, from the, from the beginning, and um, I, and again, this I don't want to take this time to just straight up dog on the sequel trilogy because that was not the point of this community discussion. But I will say there is a lot of issues outside of the movies themselves, right? Because of the issues with the with the <laughs> the infighting of the the directors basically and the writers and how everything was presented and then the marketing and then it's just all this different stuff. So, but I will say definitely for me, just to leave it all on the table and just be simplistic, is with me the my least favorite thing about the sequel trilogy was definitely two things the more broader spectrum is i did not like how how the story was portrayed right i think they just botched it because basically at the end of the day we had the force awakens which you know what it was different i mean there's people who complained that it was basically a copy of new hope but for the most part right i mean i liked the direction they were going there was this new villain who was just like pertinent omniscient you know or omnipotent omnipotent should i say and like he's just just so powerful, and we just never seen the like of him. And and you know we have this new character who's you know still connected with the characters we know and love to some degree, but we don't know fully how. And blah 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 blah. And then all of a sudden in Last Jedi, we got this new director who just like wants to put his mark in Star Wars history by, <laughs> and he did uh, by uh, basically saying like I'm gonna just flip everything on its head, and everything that they establish is gonna be the exact opposite. And that is an interesting style choice of what you could do with a trilogy, but when it's the final trilogy of a saga for something that's beloved to Star Wars, stupid idea. So I think that was the biggest problem is that then finally they on the third movie they got the the first movie's director who then basically tried to reflip everything that the second director did. You know what I'm saying? It's just this yeah. jumbled mess, and it was just stupid, and I just very frustrating for me. Um, that was definitely my least favorite part. And then in terms of like deeper you know closer down I, I i know it's petty but i do not like what they did with luke i did not like how they destroyed his character basically and again this is the more petty part i did not like how they try to co-opt ray into the skywalker and they made it more of like a title rather than a name so that's kind of the easy hot button things that most people would probably say but anyway drew what is uh what is your least favorite part about or thing about the sequel trilogy well like I, I said in the, with what we liked about um, about the original trilogy, you know, I said that it's, you know, there are people that create movies just for money. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, I think that what I see out of the sequel trilogy is a lot of people that decided let's make another star wars trilogy with money as the main focus and yeah yeah and i think that we had people involved that cared obviously Mm -hmm. people that really cared but never in a place 
of, that actually mattered. Right? That actually mattered <laughs> right. enough. The people right? who really cared were in a position that was kind of like lower level. You know, they didn't have the sway over things. You know, that's what it seems at least. It, you know, because apparently, what we get is yeah, a lack of direction. And 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 I've said many times how I feel about the sequel trilogy and how I feel. You know, it is a convoluted mess and and it it lacks direction it goes one way and then the next movie goes in another way and, and just kind of like what you all you were just saying yeah and and i think that and the argument that is made and even how why they basically say they did what they did is well george when george lucas started he didn't necessarily know what his plan was <laughs> he just started it and but he did have a they story had a different director but here's the thing george lucas was George Lucas? He had it was his vision. It was right? his vision. So what, no matter who the director was or the co-writers or the, the ghostwriters, George Lucas he was, was the one still there, and guiding still and directing the story. Yeah. And and we don't have that person here. MCU right, right, right. has Kevin Feige. Right. Kevin Feige's hands are on everything in the his MCU. Little grubby hands. And there's a reason why the <laughs> MCU has stayed so consistent. And yeah. and you know you know some people would disagree with me maybe on that, but I think for the most part MCU has been very consistent in quality and and in its story um and and i think that that is because kevin feige watches all of it like a hawk and star wars needed that mm -hmm. star wars needed that when they made the that trilogy but they didn't have it and they so did not. what so, and that's why we got what we got yeah and a lack of direction um and it feels like each movie uh, didn't understand what happened in the other movie, and <laughs> yeah. it's yeah, it's it's very unfortunate. Yeah, and yeah, that's that is what it is. I mean, I could go into so much. You have so detail, much more to say, but, but yeah, but you guys pretty much know how I feel about it anyways. And and yeah, I will. Well, let me just throw one last thing. They did Luke Skywalker dirty. That's yeah. all the rest of it. It's like it's already been stated. It will be stated again. But I have, <laughs> but I, I have I to personally have to, say it. I, I have to personally have to say it because yeah. <laughs> it hurt me that bad. So uh, JB's least favorite thing about the sequel trilogy was that uh, is is Finn. I really liked the character, but he was wasted in my eyes anyway. So yeah, he was wasted. He was wasted. Very, you know, there's very a true. lot more that he could do. Uh, or could have been, but especially starting in um, well, Last Jedi, all he did up until the end of of Rise of Skywalker was just yells Ray's name. <laughs> the entire trilogy teased him being a Jedi, teased him being a Force user, right? Yeah. And and eventually becoming a Jedi, but never actually got anywhere with it. And, no, so. and and didn't even do anything else with it. Yeah, it was just it was wasted. I it mean, was still just, just being teased at the, by the end of Rise of Skywalker. I was so. like, okay, it's the end. What are you what are you what are you teasing for? Like, right. just end it or say either it's gonna happen or it's not. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, yeah. so yes, uh, totally agree with you, JB. Um, and then Alex Mason's least favorite thing about the sequel trilogy is the way Luke was wrote. I'm just going to leave it at that. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly, Alex, we have the same thoughts and opinions on that. So uh, last but not least, our favorite things about uh, the sequel trilogy. And so uh, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Regardless of whether you like the directions of the movies and the storyline and the character development, blah, blah, blah. You cannot deny the fact that they are beautiful, beautiful, well-made movies. In terms of the art style, the, the the set set direction, world building, in terms of uh, how it looks, like visually, it is an incredibly visually appealing trilogy um, from start to finish. And I will say that that obviously, you're not going to get that level of 
bombastic, crazy sci-fi beauty and amazingness hardly anywhere other than the sequel trilogy. I mean, they did a great time. The sound design was great. I mean, again, you can say you hate the Rise of Skywalker, but you cannot tell me that you did not uh, brown your drawers whenever uh, uh, <laughs> whenever Palpatine let out that column of lightning into the sky. Oh, man. It was like... Well, I mean, we were, we we were, were in the theater, We too, were in right? the theater at uh, Dolby IMAX. Cinema. The Dolby oh, yeah, Cinema, yeah, 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 which yeah. is like top tier in the I mean, visual and audio and that literally just like blew us away it, it <laughs> gave me almost like heart palpitations yeah. because ironic palpitating palpitations anyway uh, because <laughs> it was like so loud and so rumbly it like it hit me in the chest i was like oh, oh, oh you know yeah um so you can't tell me that that wasn't amazing but again now the fact that palpatine himself was there in the first place like you could be mad at that but my favorite thing about it was just how beautiful and amazing the the, the worlds and the, the environments were. I the the worst part of the entire stinking trilogy for me was the Cantabite garbage in Last Jedi. But you know what? Cantabite was beautiful. <laughs> they did the beautiful or great uh, job designing Cantabite. Anyway, mm. um, in terms of like a more specific thing too, um, I will say I really actually did at the end of the day like um Kylo, um. He was probably my favorite character for sure um, from the, uh, you know, sequel tr trilogy. Uh, could the, could he have been done better? Potentially, yes. You know, uh, did I like the direction that they took him, you know, to the, killing them, whatever else, right? Uh, yeah, it could be argued. But at the end of the day, I have to admit, I, I, did, I did like Kylo by the end of it all. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So those are my favorite parts of the sequel. sequel uh, I, I can't speak at the end. I'm getting just overwhelmed <laughs> here, I guess. I don't know. Those are my favorite parts of the sequel trilogy. Drew, what are yours? <laughs> um, it yeah, for me it's 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 the artistic direction they had, the visuals, the the sound. Uh, it's all gorgeous, and that's absolutely my answer. Is you know I I I'm not a huge fan of the Last Jedi, but yeah, anytime I'm wanting to like test like my TV, like my, my coloring <laughs> yeah. and stuff. If I ain't messing with that or messing with someone else's, I'll pull up the last Jedi, um, because it has so many beautiful images there. And like, yeah, I mean the, the throne room, uh, Snoke's throne room, right? Like the, the yeah. that red is, just <laughs> that was so, so good. It was, looks so good. Just amazing. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I mean, one thing that I, I really don't know anyone can can argue against is is how visually impressive the sequel trilogy is. Um, it's it's gorgeous and and all three of them have really great um, things. You know, The Force Awakens. I still think of of the first time we see Snoke in that dark, really dark uh, room, but you see this huge. Uh, projected ver uh, vision of of Snoke, right? Yeah, and and you see the the base that they're in, which is like a right. callback to being on like on on Yavin Four, and, yeah, and stuff like that. That uh, that's beautiful. And then the Last Jedi with with crate and with yeah. uh, the throne room, and then in Rise you get uh, you get the uh, that whole last thing with with what's it called. Um, Exegol? Exegol, yes, thank yeah. you. On Exegol, and, and, <laughs> and some people argued it was too blue, you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. But, it, but yeah, and the sequel trilogy is full of just 
mind-blowing uh, visuals. And, and, and also, shout out to The Last Jedi when, when Luke is with Yoda. Um, yeah. Possibly my favorite, one of my, well, definitely one of my very favorite scenes of, of, the, of, of all the, trilogy, of the right? trilogy. Yeah. Is when, is when Yoda and Luke are together. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Yoda catches the tree on fire and yeah, says, yeah. Uh, page turners, they were not. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, he's like, oh, they, the ancient texts. The like, ancient texts, hmm, no. Page turners, they were such not. such a great meme on that one, too. Um, you know, and that, because that's a dual reason why that's cool. Because, A, you know, you get to see, like, the, the OG Yoda mm-hmm. that you see from the, uh, well, the OG yeah. trilogy, right? Um, and secondarily also, too, because it's cool because... Yeah, it's all the sacred texts, but at the end of the day, those sacred texts are what led to the Jedi, and the Jedi ultimately fell. And so it was cool because mm-hmm. basically Yoda isolated himself on... Um, yeah, but we also learned that they weren't it, in there. It, it did survive, yeah. Rey had them. But and, and I, so this is getting into the whole thing, but <laughs> right. a lot argue that Yoda actually knew they weren't in there, Yeah, could, which yeah, is whatever. why he let it burn. But that's all up to interpretation. Yeah, because it could be like a cool ending mm-hmm. arc for Yoda himself because mm-hmm. he learned from the mistakes and he's going to let it burn. Right. Or B, Yoda knew that it was gone, but he let it be a good lesson for Luke himself. Right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. anyway. It's a whole thing. So, so yeah, it's a whole thing. thing. So, um, I, I was <laughs> I was kind of like not sure how to do this, so Corey, I apologize. But Corey Allen Wise, he, his comment kind of like meshed the things that he liked and didn't like about the sequel trilogy into one comment. So I'm kind of just going to have to read it as one thing. So if it has has some things he doesn't like, it's because I just, they're all kind of mixed together. So anyway, um, so he says, as much as people will hate on it, Rise of Skywalker was actually a good movie. I was thrilled when Force Awakens came out just to be disappointed. I was not a fan of Finn using a lightsaber. No normal person should be able to use one easily. The Last Jedi was just terrible, LOL. Um, they did... Luke Dirty, just glad we have the Mandalorian to redo him and make him what he should be. That's the short version. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, and, and Corey, there's kind of, there's a lot to be said about a lot of the things that you mentioned, you know, uh, kind of similar to what all of us were saying. Yeah, none of us liked what they did to Luke. Um, so, Mando redeeming him, that has been really nice. Um, and yeah, and then Finn, you know, yeah, he wasn't a master with it, but him even using it to some degree was a little kind of like, you know, uh, so I get you. But, you know, you say that you did really like Rise of Skywalker and that you enjoyed that movie. And, uh, you know, again, while I, I there's there some things that I personally, you know, is like, eh, I don't know that I love about it. Again, you can never say that it wasn't a visually appealing movie. Um, and uh, yeah, seeing Dark Ray and <laughs> all that stuff, it's so good. So let's go back to the the original, or not the original, but the newest post of that. So JB's favorite thing about the sequel trilogy is that he says, well, I actually really enjoyed them. My favorite has to be seeing a dark side Ray um, and not forgetting Babu Frick. Love me some Babu Frick. <laughs> Yo, can't wait to see. <laughs> can't wait to see Babu Frick and, and his Babu Frick brother um, hanging out with Grogu. Roger Frick. And, and <laughs> can't wait to see what they come up with for that. Yeah, there's going to be some good stuff oh, there. Man. Yeah. Babu Frick is the best. I, yeah, I do love Babu definitely, Frick. Definitely the best part of the sequel trilogy. <laughs> Anyway, so and then Alex Mason's Alex Mason's Alex Mason's favorite part was simply 
the cinematography, the movies look beautiful. Short and sweet, and it's exactly what, yeah, what both said, of us yeah. said. So we have gone so long on this. But, yep. guys, thank you so, so, so much for participating in this. Again, it was really yeah, fun. Just to, was fun. This was basically going to be like our main topic because <laughs> it took so long. Um, but with that said, we have, uh, we have had a great time discussing this with you um, and seeing what we both like and don't like because we have a lot of uh, – we, you know, a lot of times we just kind of dog on the sequel trilogy and we right. praise the OG trilogy yeah. and even prequels sometimes, right? Um, but it's cool to see both sides from people. You know, what are some of the mm-hmm. things that you don't like about the OG trilogy? And what are the things that you do like about the sequel trilogy? You know, Sam? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was really fun. I'm glad you guys participated. Thank you so much. It's it's amazing hearing from you guys. Um, please don't hesitate to reach out to us, um, you know, at any time. Uh, just For if you sure. want to just talk about anything, we'll, we'll love to talk to you. So. For- Sure. But without further ado, let's get into our final actual main yeah. topic. And that yeah, yeah. is review and kind of going over of Andor episodes four and five. Yeah. So, so go ahead and spoiler, right? Yeah. So we're going to go straight into spoilers here. Um, or we're not going to do what we used to do. We used to be like, oh, okay, we're not spoilers. Oh, we really liked it. Or, oh, yeah, it we really okay. didn't like yeah, it. it but was you okay. can, it was just All right, was so a waste let's of go time. into spoilers. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. we're going to go straight into spoilers. But, Braxton, just to, just to kind of just start us off here. Yeah. To make it very clear to everybody, we have not discussed these episodes no. at all. No. We have not yeah. said a word to each other about either one of these episodes. Correct. Yes. Uh, so, um, you know, we left... In our last episode, we left where you you didn't really know if you were really into this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I left a little more positive, but I was still like, let's see where this goes. Yeah. So we've now seen two more episodes. Where do you stand right now? So <laughs> I would unfortunately say due to the content that we've gotten, I'm still kind of where I'm at. Okay. Um, I, I still feel like I'm not – I'm just not hooked yet. I just – I, I personally feel like, and you know, I don't want to dive too deep into this, right, already, but I do feel like they kind of wasted these two episodes. You know, I just feel like episode two, right, was just a drag. I felt like there's so much going, you know, or so little going on. And then I feel like episode four and five were kind of like that again, where there was some cool stuff, don't get me wrong, and I'll get into what I liked about it. Um, but it just felt like basically the same stuff was just happening over and over again. They like kept reiterating the same thing in different ways. I just didn't feel like there was a lot of movement or progression. And yeah, they kind of, you could say they fleshed out uh, that that issue with, you know, Clem being hired. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think that could have been happened. That could happen like, a, you know, 30 minute or 30 second <laughs> thing, not mm-hmm. a whole episode. But so, so unfortunately, I do think that my, my, my opinion is still kind of the same as it was last week. Now, I will say that we did get some cooler stuff, though. Um, in episode four, we mm-hmm. did get... Um, um, I'm trying to remember the guy's name, like the older guy. I can't remember Luthen. his name. Oh, what is it? Luthen. Luthen. So um, we got Luthen, and he's like, you know, he's he's like dressing up, and he's getting all like in a costume, and, and he's like, like looking in the mirror, like trying to like 
compose himself into a different character. And so he runs this little shop to like gather secrets about people and stuff. Um, and this whole, this whole part really carried both episodes for me, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, Luthen was this, you know, very cool to see his, his, his change in demeanor and stuff like that. It was cool that he runs like a, uh, an antique shop and we could see a lot of really cool references to different things. Whether yeah, we'll that talk be about some of that. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll yeah. Wait, wait on that. Um, but we see a lot of cool references. And then of course, Mon Mothma, right? That was the, that's the best part, right? Seeing seeing this um, very important pivotal character in the in the rebellion, right? Yeah. Seeing her starts in in the very beginning, it's just it was very cool to see them interact and in the shop and mm-hmm. and all this stuff like that. I will say, unfortunately, though, aside from that, like I just I just wasn't just nothing stuck out to me other than that. So so Drew, now flipping the script to you, mm-hmm. you left it on a more positive note. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts now? I think I'm even more positive on it. Okay. Well, so so let me... I, actually, I didn't finish what my thought was. I was going to say, I'm still kind of the same, but because of some of those scenes, I'm kind of like trending towards the upward. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'm saying. So I'm not just the same. Yeah. Um, I'm still kind of like, it just not has it hooked me, but there is a slight upward trend. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So this show... This show definitely is, is slower than anything we've ever gotten in Star Wars. Okay? As far as like... There's not big action set pieces every other minute. There's not, uh, honestly, there's a lot of sitting around talking and there's a lot of dialogue. Um, and I think it's it's definitely more of a character study. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's a definitely a slower, more dramatic, just like uh, a character study is the best way I can put it right now. Right. Um, and, and kind of a, a, a character study on the rebellion in, in a sense and the oppression of the empire. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that uh, it's it definitely has its slow moments, right? There's not mm-hmm. a whole lot to when, when I finish an episode of this, I'm like, okay, I'm not going. Whoa, you know, like Yo, it's not Mandalorian where yeah, like, like I can't wait to watch the next one. Yeah, you like know? Mandalorian, you know, it's just like, and here's this big surprise, and here's this big. <laughs> yeah. You're not getting that in this, right? Um, but for me, I don't necessarily need everything in Star Wars to be that. Right. Uh, and so what I've, I've, what I found in Episode Four specifically, I found very compelling for a couple different reasons. Yeah. And one of the things that really started to boost my positivity towards it was Coruscant. Yeah. When yeah. we hit Coruscant, I went, yeah. oh, okay. That didn't. That was one of the things that like yeah. made me think, like, okay, yeah, I'm like, finally getting to Star Wars. You like, know. <laughs> yeah. This is Star Wars, right? Yeah. We're on Coruscant, and yeah. we see multiple different locations on Coruscant and like right. that's a dream. We haven't we haven't really Explored. done that yeah, yeah. since since the prequel trilogy. Right. Not really. I mean we've gotten a couple glances here and there, but this like truly you're like hanging out on Coruscant, right? Yeah. And that's so cool. Yeah. And and visually extremely impressive. It looks amazing. So much better than what they showed us in the prequels. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And right. so so I love that. Um and but let's kind of talk through episode four yeah, and then we can kind of bring up stuff as we go. But um, it, it it it's the episode starts with with Andor on the ship um, with Luthen, and he's discussing you know living in the shadows of the Empire. Yeah, and Cassian's tending to his his arm, and Cassian you know he believes there's no point in fighting the regime head on. Right. Luthen isn't convinced. Spending every day hiding and running from the inevitable is worth it. Right. So they're kind of right. having this 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 clash. On, on opinions here. And he tells Cassian, though, that he'll pay him 
to join a group of rebel fighters on an important dangerous mission. Mm. More credits than Cassian could have ever hoped for. Right. I mean, it's it's actually a ton of credits. Like 30,000 credits. It's, I believe uh, uh, 200,000. Oh, was it? It's oh. 200,000 credits. Never mind. I, well, I think. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I thought I it was 200,000. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, what I'm thinking of is the fact that he gave him a down payment. He gave him a down payment. Of the Sky of the, Kyber. The Sky um, Kyber, Which is yeah. 30,000. That's what yeah. I'm getting at. Anyways, yeah. So, so the, the, the first big thing here... The first thing, and this is kind of just discussing more like what if and what does this mean, is what is the what a game is he playing here? Right. Because right. there is no way this dude's paying him two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> right. No well, way. So here's an interesting example of that, right? So we touched down on the planet, and I'm trying to remember what it's called. The oh, the planet that they're that this conspiracy is going on. Aldani. Aldani. Aldani yeah. So they touched down on Aldani. Um, so Luthen and Andor, right? Mm-hmm. And so what appears to be some son of some cohort of Luthen, which it almost feels like his daughter. That I don't know. That's how they he talked to her and stuff like that. We don't have that confirmation. But I'm just throwing that out there. It kind of seems like that. Clearly, that they have some sort of relationship there. Um, it does kind of seem like it's maybe like a daughter or something. Yeah. That's what. That's way, the way like, I felt when I watched like it. A niece or something. You know. But but they never say that they never say that it. and they never yeah. there does seem to be some kind of closer relationship <laughs> yeah there. that's what i'm getting and, even he, very and he almost like gets into like a fatherly like get reprimands or yeah, exactly like, so yeah. yeah but anyway so so my point is is that you talk about like there's no way he's paying that kind of money and 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 at the end of the day um when they touch down and he's telling her about clem you mm-hmm. know um or andor um, because he takes on the name of Clint. And right. uh, it makes me think sure. of Clementine from The Walking Dead <laughs> <Yeah>. every time. <laughs> makes me think of an orange, a Clementine orange. Anyway. Um, <laughs> or that. Or that, too. I'm such um, a nerd. You're such a weirdo. Yeah. I'm a weirdo nerd. You well, I'm, not, I'm a nerd about oranges. <laughs> yeah, okay, for real, though. So, I'm, I'm an just, orange nerd. We keep going like a thousand different paths on this. What I'm trying to say is that he's not going to get paid that because she even says like we're eating, you know, we're we're camping out in the mud and eating rations and da da da, and you're going to pay him that kind of money. And what I'm thinking is that ultimately he's trying to get Clem, or I keep saying that, but basically anytime you're trying to get Andor in there, and he's going to finally find his purpose and he's going to find his passion, and he's not going to want the money because he's like so enveloped in the. Um, so enveloped in the rebellion because we ultimately do see that, right? He goes in in Rogue One and yeah. freaking dies, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, so yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I think you're totally right. Yeah. So um, after that, you know, he 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 tells him the job is a heist, mm-hmm. um, stealing a large sum of money from the Empire, which I believe it's like the payroll or something. Yeah, like it's for the, the quarterly payroll. The quarterly payroll. So of course. That's where he's basically like, that's how you're going to get your 200000 mm-hmm. But again, I don't think he has any intentions of giving him that money. <laughs> this guy's like cloak and dagger inside of a cloak and dagger inside of a cloak <laughs> and dagger. Right, right. So um, so he, anyways, he agrees. And that's when we do return to Coruscant, specifically yeah. to the headquarters of the Imperial Security Bureau. Uh, <laughs> so other no, otherwise known as the ISB. And um, the ISB are the ones making sure citizens are abiding by all the rules, a.k.a. doing whatever it takes to maintain imperial control over everyone. Mm. So this is where we we meet uh, Supervisor uh, Dedra, I believe is her name. Uh, Dedra Miro. Yeah, and she's uh, very interested in the failure of of corporate security on Ferrix. Yeah. And she's basically trying to – she's saying like, hey, this is – 
there's a rebel uprising forming here. Yeah. The, this pattern yeah. is there. There's a pattern going on here. And, and her, uh, her boss, uh, Major Partagaz, he doesn't agree and thinks she's violating uh, the perceived perimeters of her scope of practice, as he <laughs> I'll says. i say that five times and, fast. <laughs> um, and what, uh, I love the thing he says in the meeting that they have. Um, I wish I had had his quote. I can't um, remember. About, about health care. Do you remember what no, he says? Oh, I, I don't find it real quick. Just uh, say something about that scene. So, like. There's different types of oranges. So there's the clementine orange. <laughs> there is the, uh, well, apparently I'm not big enough. I don't remember uh, the other types. But I really like the clementines, so clearly. Um, no, but for real, though, um, you know, we, it is interesting because I can't remember his name, but the the the, the corporate, you know, uh, security boss, you know, he fails and he gets sent home as the empire takes over. And so clearly... This Daedra Miro, she's kind of like not taking his place because she's over, like, you know, she's above him. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like she's investigating him. She's investigating like his his squadron of, of, of you know, security guards and, and, and how that failed. Because she actually, if I remember from that, that scene that she came from enforcement rather than the, um, oh, you know, intelligence. She came from enforcement. So she's kind of more gung-ho about stuff like this. And she actually apparently was... uh, So whenever Andor stole that um, sealed uh, star plotter thingy that he stole the first couple episodes, it was under her. She's the one that it got stolen from. So anyway. So here it is. He says, security is an illusion you want security? Call the Navy. Launch a regiment of troopers. We are healthcare providers. We treat sickness. We identify symptoms. We locate germs, whether they arise from within or have come from the outside. The longer we wait to identify a disorder, the harder it is to treat the disease. <laughs> uh, it says, we're here talking about a serious infection, and all we're trying to do is determine how far it's spread so that we know how much we have to cut to save the patient. That is, that's a pretty baller quote, I have to admit. And that's exactly what some kind of CI agent would think he's doing. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's actually a pretty cool quote, but yeah, I mean, that's clearly again, just delving so deep into that clandestine, like spy type things that like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're trying to like suss out, you know, these, these, re- re- you know, rebellious people that are trying to combat the empire and, and did it. Oh, that's you know, a little sussy. That's a little sussy maca. <laughs> a little sussy. <laughs> I think I think uh, I think Andor's the imposter. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah. So, anyways, um, that that dude is is such a like uh, perfect example of the Empire. Oh, but, perfect example yeah. of the Empire. Yeah. Um. So then uh, we get what is absolutely, without a doubt, the best. Um, the best part of the series in my book so far. Oh, yeah. And that is Mon Mothma. Yeah. Uh, getting Mon Mothma, she, um, which she is here pretending to be an antique collector. And, 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 and we've also seen, uh, Luthen who goes and changes into this, uh, persona you know yeah persona which of is high, really cool high class it's really know. cool to see see the change and he plays yeah. it off so well oh yeah um and and so this is where we see this antique room but yeah he goes in and 
or she goes in and and wants to help her choose a suitable gift for her husband. Yeah. Which we'll get to him. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, they're pretending like they're like looking around talking about it. But then they, they do end up getting into like the back room to actually talk about what's really why they're really there, which, of course, is to discuss the state of, of the rebellion. Yeah. And uh, how the Empire has has a hunch about what Mana's up to. She's too influential. Yeah. Uh, in the Senate. However, they can't do much to stop her. Still, she has to be careful with sending money here and there without a good reason. So she's saying, right. "Hey, I'm starting to. There's eyes on me, right? And like, how are we how are we gonna do this?" And it's kind of cool because a lot of her um, help, right? Um, I'm getting close to the mic. A lot of her help, though, you know, like her drivers and her 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 wait staff and stuff, which is interesting, is that like the Empire overlords, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Her her higher ups are like forcing them to <clears throat> quit and replace them with other people who are not loyal to her. So for instance, you know, they go to that, you know, they go to Luthen's or whatever he claims to be called, um, his antique shop. Well, instead of just being able to outright talk, well, now they have this new driver that was appointed to them by the, you know, higher ups in the empire. And so they have to be all, you know, clandestine about it. Um, yeah. but yeah, so it is interesting to see these kind of like small ways that she's being kind of like controlled and monitored and things of that nature. Yeah. So let's talk about what's in the antique shop. So there's a lot of yes. cool things that when you start to look and, and I'd say, uh, the biggest one front and center that most viewers at this point will actually yes. recognize yeah. is the uh, Mandalorian Beskar. Yep. Um, that yep. is there. So, that you know, piece. that is, that is something now that a lot of people see and go oh oh yeah i know what that is so that would be (laughs) probably the biggest one that people caught on to um you know i would assume you know this was probably ripped off straight off the fallen man mandalorian from the siege of right as we know right has already happened at this point so um so we also see some sith stalker armor um, that's another thing that we see. Yes. So, um, it is actually, you know, so if anyone is familiar, you kind of, that armor is popularized, um, by one of the alternative endings on the force unleashed video game. Um, so we have, um, um, oh shoot. Starkiller. Starkiller. We have Starkiller, and at the end of the game, basically you have different options you can take, and if you choose to be the light side, you can become like this you know, beautiful light Jedi or whatever. <laughs> but if you choose to go the dark route and, and kill Vader, I think it is, um, uh, long story short, like you get this Sith Stalker armor, which is like grafted to your skin, and it's mm-hmm. just like just heinous looking. Um, but this is uh, very cool because it's not supposed to be his armor, but it's just a it's just a Sith Stalker armor uh, in general. But it's a cool kind of nod to to some things, you know. Yeah, and it does, and it, you know, it does make you wonder if there is any anything to that or if yeah. it's just for fun but yeah you know, I, I usually think a lot of times they do stuff like that for reasons so oh yeah yeah they definitely put stuff in for yeah. reasons. so uh we also see you know um a utapalan monk uh weapon that they had there and i think yeah. he talks about that he one actually picks it up and shows it to her yeah which of course utapal is where obi-wan was in revenge of the sith um and we also we also see um, uh, actually one that I really enjoyed was the uh, Indiana Jones whip. Is there? Oh, I don't so know there's if you've some carbonite that. frozen yeah, slabs, yeah. and it looks yeah, it looks like 
Oh, it's totally engine. supposed to be. It's, yeah, it looks like it's supposed to be like a whip, which, again, there's a long history of, of Indiana Jones and Star Wars like referencing each other and putting Easter eggs in and stuff like that. Uh, because obviously they're both made by George Lucas, right? Yeah. Um, so it definitely supposed to look like that. And then... And then there's also some tablets that we see so yes. have some carvings and symbols yes. on them. And those are uh, very, very, uh, what appears to be very close to being what we see in Star Wars Rebels, yeah. which is the world between worlds, right? The uh, the, the, the murals that we see there. Yeah, so it has the father, the son, and the daughter. Mm-hmm. And it has those hands or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that is very interesting. And Absolutely. again, I think could could be important because could be yeah we know we're getting ahsoka the series right sure and and if you look at a lot of the 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 imagery they've showed us so far of the ahsoka series it has a lot of things that look like world between worlds like the background and stuff so the fact that that that's there could means something right right definitely and then of course something else that we we saw was uh the the jedi and sith holocrons yeah that are there which, which that's cool i feel like that kind of was more prominent in episode five than episode four um but yeah it was very cool because they, they did seem to be you a little do more get, you do get a much better view of them in a more gratuitous five. shot um but they did seem to like almost more ornate it too if you you know if you looked at it closely mm-hmm. um you know when compared to like kind of the more traditional ones that we see in like um well we see him mostly in like the animation and stuff so that could be playing a part in it too but um uh but yeah it's just interesting i wonder like i wonder if there's any history behind that why there's like so ornate and why they look so similar to one another that they're jedi and Sith. yeah it's interesting yeah and there's a a mask that is like plo Koon's mask yes uh, for, i don't yeah. know what a species is called but uh, i don't know um now, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's Plo Koons, but it would be kind of interesting if it was. I'm just saying. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. Like, this is it's the, the Keldor mask species. of... Okay. That's, anyway. This is the mask of, you know, the Jedi Master Plo Koon. I think that'd be yeah. kind of neat. Yeah, that would be. Um, but but obviously, as we know, though, he dies in a fiery plane crash. Yeah. <laughs> so it'd be more difficult to, uh, yeah, I don't to know. get that maybe out. They, maybe he really spent time uh, shining it up. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, put some spit on it. Put some spit on it, boy. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, moving on from that, we, we follow, uh, Mon Mothma to her apartment. Yeah. And this is where we, we, uh, come to the displeasure of meeting, (laughs) um, her husband, Perrin. Yeah. And boy, uh... Perrin's a loser. He is a loser. <laughs> and and you know what's interesting? I didn't know he she had a husband. No, I didn't either. Was no. was this? I, I'm curious if this was ever mentioned anywhere. Um, I, I feel like as a member of High Council or the Senate, you know, see, I feel like it's kind of like, you know, it kind of makes sense that she would kind of have to like on a societal level. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it kind of makes sense. Like I'm not surprised, but yeah, you're right. I don't think they ever like specifically mention her. I don't husband think it's ever been talked about. Yeah. But but this is what's, in my opinion, is cool. Here we are seeing Mon Mothma, the leader of the rebellion. Here we are seeing her now, just like <laughs> in her home, yeah, right? She's yeah. in her home with family issues. Like yeah, 
this is cool. Like, this is the stuff that I'm really intrigued by oh, in yeah. this show. And you can and, clearly tell that this guy, A, he thinks he's a samurai, he's not. Um, <laughs> but B, he he's clearly kind of like, he's like of no importance, but he's kind of riding off of this relationship yeah. as, as a well, husband of a senator. And you she's know? inviting, he's inviting a bunch of imperial friends over. Yeah, for dinner. That are, that are like her exact, like, basically her enemies. In, in the Senate, and, yeah, they're like yeah. stymieing everything mm-hmm. that she does in the Senate, yeah. And so, you know, she's kind of, like, freaking out about that, but uh, but he doesn't seem to care at all about anything, really. Um, right. And then... And then, and she she says that he brought him a gift, and that's like all he cares about at that point is the gift. <laughs> I heard there's a rumor that you bought me yeah. a gift. And she's <laughs> yeah. like walking away already. And he's like, I returned it. <laughs> um, and so then uh, Luthen, you know, he dropped him off um, on on the planet with uh, Vel, who we as we talked about a little bit about. There may be some kind of some kind of relationship or protege or I don't know something there. Yeah. Um, but they 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 talk and and she doesn't trust him and basically he can he convinces her to 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 take him and join him and so this is where Cassian meets all of the team and meets the plan yeah so it's, the plan is to break into the imperial vault to steal the payroll while a meteor shower of sorts provides him cover and and um, he's given everything he needs to memorize by morning they don't have much time they only have one shot uh one thing that this show does that's really cool and we spend a lot of time here learning the the team and stuff at this point right and also going into episode five we do a lot of the same it's a lot of downtime with this team that they have and i'm not even really going to go into everything about the team right because they're probably most of them are probably going to die anyway (laughs) Uh, no they're all going to die at some point I mean, <laughs> I, I, I guarantee you in the next episode, some of them are not going to make it out of this oh, alive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone's uh, dying. At least Probably one's that dying. kid. Probably the kid. Yeah. Probably because he's like the, the kid, idealist. Right. You know? The kid is the... So, if, if, and what's interesting is all of these rebels, so to speak, they're <laughs> they're rebelling, they're re- rebelling against the Empire for very personal reasons. Like just revenge like, or... Like revenge or, you know, they didn't get a rank they wanted. Yeah. And then in the empire or they, you know, hurt their loved one or whatever. So they, right. it's, it's, it's very personal stuff where the kid is different. Yes. The kid is doing it because he thinks it's the right thing. Yeah. It's, it's out of, out of that. And so, um, so yeah, he's got to die. <laughs> yeah. My boy's going to be dead. He's totally going to die. But I think that part of that's going to, his death is going to maybe ignite the passion. is going to ignite others, the passion right? because, yeah. because he talks to Andor in episode five about, his ideologies and stuff. And, and, and I think it, it, in a sense is inspiring Andor. And by the end of it, when he does inevitably die, yeah. I think it's going to help Andor push Andor in that direction. Yeah, for sure. Um, I agree. But uh, one thing that I think the show really does cool. And I noticed it, and they do it in episode four, but they really show us in episode five. And that's when the, uh, the tie fighter comes roaring yeah. down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's just all. It's just that one. It's just one tie fighter. Yeah. But it's so powerful. Yeah. And it's so like um, commanding, right? In yeah. that scene, and it, it's it so menacing. So fear, you know. And it, yeah. yeah. And you feel it, right? You feel it. And it's like 
you know, in other Star Wars things, we've seen tons of those, right? Yeah. And it's, but it, what it shows is it shows the perspective exactly. of, that, yeah. of that, that civilian perspective. Yeah, it was just, just the iron, irony is that they're, they're traditionally seen as so just like flimsy. Like they don't, cannon fodder. They don't have, they don't have sh external shields, mm -hmm. right? They're just meant to be firepower sent out there. They're faster. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe have fire... Uh, uh, higher rate of fire um but uh say that five times fast um you know but but they're just supposed to, like I said cannon fodder they're just supposed mm -hmm. to be sent out there for 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 a war of attrition but yeah and this just like you said just yeah. one you feel you feel that rumble feel that it. fear it's yeah. so loud it's, and it's so impending or imposing excuse it's me it's so cool because what they're yeah. doing is they're they're saying no this is what this looks like yeah. to your average joe yeah when yeah. they see a tie fighter come through like it's, it's scary it's, it's business and it's yeah. yeah and it's and it's it's you're not looking at this from the perspective of a Jedi that's or or a right. or even a, a seasoned um a seasoned rebel fighter who's been fighting these for years and they just see yeah. them as cannon fire. Like this is this is serious business. I oh, thought yeah. that was incredibly cool. And I love that. And, and and also Rogue One did some of those same kind of things, right? Yeah. I mean, for example, yeah. Rogue One gave us a whole different perspective on 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 the uh the Death Star, right? <laughs> yeah. <coughs> oh sorry. <clears throat> I need to get a tickle in my throat. He's but. coming. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, with episode five, we spend most of our time uh, with them just preparing for the operation. I will say uh, right off the bat, I did not find episode five near as entertaining as episode four. Yeah, yeah. I think episode four was really cool because we got... Uh, we we saw some of these these uh, more Star Wars things that we hadn't seen yet and, and, and things. And I, but this one... It's totally. I don't want to say it's filler, but it kind of is in a sense because oh, yeah. we know that Andor is kind of working in three episode arcs, right? So these middle ones, and and honestly, it's the same with episode two. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it kind of feels like it's okay. We're just kind of, we're kind of just waiting <laughs> to get to yeah, the yeah. the the moment, yeah. right? And so we do have a lot of we do learn a lot of more about the the, the team he's working with and things, but yeah. it really. As far as like it goes with Andor, that's all it is. Yeah. Is they're talking about their motives for why they're doing this, right? Uh, or the plan, like what they're doing. I will say one important part uh, about it, and I think it is going to come into play when we we watch the next episode, is when they say, um, when they ask him about the weight of the the carrier or whatever. Yeah. They talk about like yeah. I don't remember what the how they say it, but and then he's like, wait, you guys don't even know. He's like, you guys don't even know how to do this. Like, he's like, what would you have done without me? We would have figured it and, out. That's and, what we yeah, always we would have figured it out. And then he goes, well, it's it's custom made. It's a custom made thing, and you got to yeah. do this, blah blah blah. So my question is, is that actually going to be there? Because the, the thing, like the, the custom made thing, or yeah, what he, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. I don't know because he's depending all of this on this custom made thing that they have. <laughs> right. So well. I'm just curious if it once they get into it, true, the whole yeah. the thing he told them is gonna be there that that's the thing you got to do, <laughs> right? Isn't gonna be there, yeah, and like, that's gonna throw a big, a yeah, and that's gonna yeah. mess up everything because he kind of was like coming off as like, well, I know everything because well, he and, said like, I, it's like I'm gonna pilot, I have to be the one to pilot. Then she's like, no, I I make the rules. Like I said, I am the one piloting. If I'm putting my life at risk, I'm the one yeah. that's gonna pilot this. So I'm really curious to see if. Whatever he claims is going to be there is yeah. going to be there. Yeah. It's like a lever or something. I don't remember yeah. what he said. but True. Now, one thing uh, we haven't, we've neglected to mention that I just remembered, the, kind of a, a bigger part, I guess, in terms of just the character building is that they actually do have 
a um, a person on the inside. So it's an actual imperial officer. Um, right, right, right. That is a part of them. That's kind of feeding them all this information. So it's Lieutenant Gorn. Is his name? Yes. Um, Lieutenant Gorn is uh, is again like he's just an imperial officer, but he's the one that's kind of helping orchestrate all of this, um, give feeding them this information and, and and doing all this. So that, anyway, that's just kind of a small piece I, I want to just throw out there, but that's how they're getting this information. But you know, so again, coming back to this though, episode five, it's just. I hate to be arbitrary, right? I'm not trying to be like, oh, I don't like, because I'm not, I'm never like that with anything. But just with this show, I just, it just, it irks me, it bothers me that basically I felt like episode five's contents could have happened in like a couple minutes. Like all of this information could have been provided in just a few minutes. And, you know, (laughs) and again, this is the arbitrary part, but (laughs) part of me is like, with, you know, from now on, for any Disney show, we're talking Marvel, we're talking Star Wars. You know, you guys only get three or four episodes per season <laughs> because <laughs> any more than three or four episodes, you guys are just going to blow it up with filler. Like, I mean, I mean, consistently, that's how it always is. It's like all of the story can be fit within between two and four episodes. Yeah, I will say I I totally get where you're coming from. But with this, I'm kind of OK with it. Yeah, we're getting these three episode arcs. We're getting downtime where they're and For example, we get the scene with um uh, uh, what's his name? What's his name? Which um, uh, Karn. I can't remember who's. He's the the corpo officer. The oh one yeah, that, yeah, the yeah, one yeah. that yeah. that gets booted. Yeah. So he goes. He goes in this episode. He goes home to his mom. Okay. And it, <laughs> I actually, she's Italian American. I really, I really and... <laughs> like this scene. And and so you know she's just ripping into him. And immediately you realize, oh, this guy is who he is because of her, because of his yeah. horrible mom. <laughs> okay, like that's why he's yeah. he's the way he is yeah. at this point. And so he's sitting there, and she's just like beat him up. But but it kind of goes that he's kind of a big kid because he's oh, sitting yeah. there and yeah. she's ripping into him, and she's got the she's literally pouring cereal, cereal she's bro, pouring cereal for him. Cereal. Right? She's pouring cereal, and and. I want the cereal. Like somebody it tell me what it's at. It's, it's like it's like blue cocoa puffs or something. And, yeah, and then like they blue get the and blue black, and they pour the know? blue milk in, yeah. which I loved. That was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and and he's just sitting there, just taking this beating from his mom, and and then he's just like picking up one piece of the cereal. And he's like, I, like I wish I wish I would have known you when you was at your your prime, so that Kalisa has been sustained by the memory of your success. <laughs> <laughs> like, dang, like this guy is. And this guy's so close to just being a serial killer at this point. And, but Andor is his, like, that's who he wants to kill, right? That's his. And and we'll see how that plays into it. But clearly, like, yeah. he wants he wants Andor to die. Oh, yeah. Because um, he's just staring at his hologram. Do you think there's any anything to this Uncle Harlow? That Yeah, so that was an interesting part. So she said, I'm going to have to call Uncle Harlow yeah, see yeah. if he can get you in or whatever. Yeah, and he's like, oh, no, don't call Uncle Harlow. Yeah, 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 yeah. But clearly, well, well, he, she does call him. She does, but, and he gets him, like posted somewhere some random hotel or whatever right uh as his headquarters but yeah because so, he even said he mentions he's like well do you think that he would even remember who you are if you called so naturally i immediately think oh he's got to be part of the empire sure Uncle harlow's yeah. got to be in the empire oh, uh, yeah yeah, yeah karn's yeah. gonna end up as officially a part of the empire in some yeah. low position which we know he did right? but he will he will somehow end up back Dealing with Andor, <laughs> right. which is what he right. wants. Right, right, right. So I figure that's going to be the case. But yeah, if yeah. anyone finds out where you get that cereal, uh, send me a link. Send me a link. I want <laughs> yeah, that cereal. Exactly. I want exactly. to eat some some uh, blue milk puffs. Yeah. So um, you know, we'll go ahead and kind of close her out. I think we're at almost two hours. 
<laughs> so, I mean, unless you have more oh, to go. I do have one more thing okay, we got to no, no. talk about. Okay. I, I do have one more thing. Okay. And that is that uh, Mon Mothma, the Mon Mothma home scene of this episode. Oh, yes. Where we then get another surprise. Yes. Mon Mothma also has a daughter, and she's just as crappy as her dad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but but here's funny. Here's funny thing, and it's kind of an interesting like peek into reality, honestly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of how someone who like Mon Mothma has such good intentions that she's pouring her life into this burgeoning rebellion that she's neglecting her own family, and be, because of that, her daughter resents her for it. So yeah, so that that's where it gets interesting, right? Is yeah. you know she says she wants to take her. She wants to what take her to school or something like Some, that. Something, something like, like that. that, right? Yeah, I think it was. She's like, I don't I have know no early early it, classes. But or she whatever. wanted to take her somewhere. Yeah, and she was like, basically, her and the dad were both like, "Oh, so what are you really doing? Yeah, like, what is how is like, this wha- how is this benefiting you? you? Why you know is this a photo op or you just yeah, trying to like make what are you people who, look at who you? Whatever. Do you want to see you something of that nature? And she's kind of taken back and like like oh I'm hurt, but yeah, I I had the thought. Well, but what is it? But yeah, you know? because at the end of the day, right, she's trying to make sure, you know, I mean, could it be that she's trying to make sure that she's seen with her daughter because she's in this location, she's in this area yeah, out yeah, of her yeah. way right. because she's with her so, daughter? So that does beg the question of like, was my mother Was it kind of true? Was it true? Yeah. Was she, yeah. was there some motivation <laughs> yeah. or was she really wanting to take a dark? I'm right. kind of honestly leaning more towards there was some kind of motivation there. Like, Again, I think she did want to be with her daughter, but ultimately it was kind of like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I wonder... You know, Mon Mothma right now, she has this family, and clearly the family does not connect with her. A lot of this probably because of her leading this essentially double life. But also, I mean, I think also the, the... the uh, the father or the husband is just kind of a loser, but <laughs> right. which I think doesn't help. But I right. think also some of this is because of the way she lives her life and right. and, and, her, and her belief in the cause of the rebellion. Um, but I also think that something's going to go down with this family eventually. That's probably really going to be the the final nail in the coffin. Right. So whether that means her family dies because of yeah something yeah. with the rebellion you know yeah. and like in retaliation <laughs> or they just finally leave her yeah just straight up leave they yeah. just straight up like just you're done we're good we're done with you either way i think one of those have to happen right she's not going to just clearly just have this family and be happy with this right, family right right and uh, uh, once we get to a new hope and she is the leader I don't think yeah, that there's family, no, that family they can't exist. There's, in one way or I don't another. think there's any indication of that family, and she's officially. I mean, everyone knows at that point she is the rebellion. She is not affiliated a, with anything with right? the empire yeah. anymore. All yeah. that stuff. So, um, so I think that that something has to happen there, right? Um, and 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 the last thing I want to mention is we do get a brief scene with Luthen where he's sitting there like at the like his comms right, and he's just like waiting, and and his assistant or whatever's like. Yeah. What are you doing? You know we're you're not going to get a call till at least um tomorrow night. Like you know right. you're not going to get a call. And and he's like, "Oh, well, I just and basically he says like basically he goes like, "I made a I made a mistake. I yeah. I brought this guy in yeah last minute and I don't trust him." Yeah. <laughs> and like yeah. I don't know why I did it basically. And I thought yeah. that was interesting cuz you can see a he's been all cool and calm, calm and collected, and collected. Yeah, until yeah. now and you're seeing <laughs> yeah. 
he's about to snap almost because he's yeah. like, I don't, I don't know if it's gonna yeah. go. Yeah, and 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 it's interesting because again, as it sounds like, actually, Andor is like an integral part of this. Like they couldn't have done it without him, mm-hmm. or wouldn't be able to do it without him. Um, and but it, I think you know, again, I think it reinforces the thought that Luthen is so. What am I trying to say? Like he's so adamant about this. Like he's so concerned. Let's yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. He's so concerned about this because I think that girl's his daughter. I think you know because if it was just random people, you know, I think he I would will, be concerned because it is the starts of the rebellion and stuff like that. But they are pawns in his tool belt. But I think he is that concerned personally just it, because you know, it definitely seems there's some kind of relationship there. Yeah, I don't know if it's daughter. They technically have last names. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. But uh, based off what they're names are right now that we know they have yeah. different but uh but yeah we'll see as things go i think next episode could be a really good one based off sure. we know they're going to go with their their big plan again we as we know things aren't probably going to go as as yeah. well as you'd think probably some lives lost but yeah. i would say in the end andor does does make it happen. Yeah. I think that's going to be the big I think he's going to pull it off. Is, I think there's going to be some sort of inter-struggle mm-hmm. with some of the people. He's going to want to back out, but I think maybe the kid dies and it reinforces, you know, yeah, whatever like happens, that, Andorra right? is going to be the one that kind of holds it together. And, and that's, and that's how we're going to, but yeah. Um, agreed. yeah. So stick around. We're going to continue to, to of course be talking about Andor. We hope you guys enjoy this episode. I know yeah. it's been incredibly long, <laughs> Very but long. but we had a lot of good discussion. Hopefully, oh, yeah. you find it good. Yeah, and you know, you know, you can always skip around if you don't want to hear everything we have to say. Yeah. I mean, that's up. I to know you, I do. But... So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we want to thank you guys so much for joining us. We uh, we love doing this. We love talking Star Wars with you guys, and we love your support. Don't forget about our Patreon, where you can be a Patreon producer for only five dollars, and that does get you, of course, early access to these episodes, but also an exclusive. Uh, podcast and more so you want to definitely want to do that if you get the opportunity but uh you can also go and find us on facebook and instagram we would love for you to like uh share our stuff on there Uh, give us a good review that always helps us as well um and you can find our podcast on apple Podcasts and spotify and i think there's another couple random places that have us so you know wherever and if if you listen to a podcast somewhere and you know that we aren't on it yeah. Let us know. We'd love to make sure our podcast Absolutely. is on that platform because we would love to be as many places as we know our friends are. So, uh, but until next time, may the force be with you. And we thank you for joining the Jedi.